You are now listening to the Q&E Podcast. Is this what you want? Huh? Is this what you want? We're coming in again, What's up, everybody? You're listening to the Q&E Podcast, and you're here with your boy Q Hicks right now. And I got Edgar on the other line. Edgar, tell the people what's good. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Q&E Podcast. Let's just start off by saying happy Black History Month to all of my amazing, beautiful Black people. Black don't crack. Uh, Black is everything. Black is love. Black is space. Black is everything, bro. This month, we just talk about ourselves and just really take a chance to uh, memorize and just get ourselves knowledgeable about the people we do know constantly every year and the people we don't know. So for those of y'all who weren't paying attention to us last year, last year, every day of February, I believe we dropped me and Quincy dropped uh, a person that you don't usually hear about. We had a few people in there that everybody knows, you know, the main people, but we definitely had days where you're looking like, damn, we invented this or we were a part of this or we started this movement. So look for us this, um, this black history month, Every episode that we have every week, we're going to give about uh, four people, two from Quincy, two from myself, and we're going to talk about people that you usually don't hear about that contributed so much to your everyday lives. So happy Black History Month, and let's go ahead and get the episode started. Yes, sir. And this is your first time listening to the Q&E podcast. We have our sports segment, Two Wild Wednesday. Social media wants to know entertainment and pass the ox. So definitely stick with us for this whole time. And we have a lot of movie news to dive into. Uh, a lot of things are getting renewed that me and Edgar usually watch. So that means a lot of reviews coming up on the, the podcast soon. So definitely stay tuned for the end as well and if you guys are into betting definitely check out bovadasportsbook.com but you already know what we have to start off with man conference championship weekend some good games once again from the nfl playoffs this has to be talked about as the best nfl playoffs of all time like i don't care what year you grew up bro every game has been good and down to the wire bro Maybe some first round games, niggas was getting blown out, but from the second week on, like every game has been hitting, bro. So overtimes, high scores, man. It, Field not, goal not embarrassing, not embarrassing losses, but uh, hard fought emotional losses, bro. Seeing Debo Samuel's breakdown, crying, but celebrating OBJ finally getting to the Super Bowl. Emotions were high with that game, and then Joe Burrow going to Arrowhead. And just doing the impossible in your first full season that you play, which is your second season in the NFL, you get to the Super Bowl? Bro, we got a lot to talk about. Let's dive into these games. Oh, we're going to have a real conversation. And we're going to have a conversation right now about Joe Burrow, bro. Because we we said what we said about Patrick Mahomes. And Patrick Mahomes got all the way to the Super Bowl in his second year. Are we looking at a, a GOAT in Joe Burrow? If he wins this Super Bowl, is he going to be on that same Mahomes level? Is he going to get talked about oh, yeah, in that yeah. same light? I, I got Super him Bowl up there now. I, I have him up there yeah. now, bro. Even if he don't win this year. Yeah. If he doesn't win this year, it's not a knock against him. Because nobody, first off, nobody saw the Bengals going this far. Nobody bro, saw the Bengals. Oh, no. bro. If you did, you lying, bro. Ex- you exactly. Did, you, lying. you could be a diehard Cincinnati fan. You did not see the Bengals yeah. going this far. And I saw Joe Burrow playing well this season. Nobody saw him playing lights out like this, bro. Especially coming off of a, a knee injury like you just came from. We're expecting this year 
for you to not not have a sophomore slump, but have a sophomore buildup for the real season next year. But the fact that you took this season to be like to the Super Bowl this year and nobody's going to see it coming. I won't be upset if he loses this Super Bowl and I won't hold him any lower than Patrick Mahomes right now. He's on that level because you went to his house and played better than him in the whole second half of the game. I got to have Joe Burrow in that conversation right now of being one of the best quarterbacks to lead this next generation. I just wanted to make that clear before we moved on because I know Mahomes got a lot of praise during that season where he took the Chiefs all the way, but he had a lot of talent. And the Bengals have a lot mm-hmm. of talent, too, but the expectations have been completely different. Nobody expected Facts. this at all from the Bengals, bro. And they're in the Super Bowl. It's still crazy to say for me, bro. The trash-ass Bengals, the Bengals are in the Super Bowl? Bro, and it's funny because Bengals, it's not like bro. this team is so, like, revamped. Like, the defense is good to damn near great. Though They have offensive weapons, but that offensive line is terrible. And he's still Mm -hmm. making shit work with this. Getting sacked 10 times against the Titans. Getting constant pressure with the Chiefs. And you're still winning these games, bro. You're still coming back from 21-3 to against Patrick Mahomes. Crazy. And check this out. He's not even that mobile of a quarterback. We know Joe Burrow can run a little bit. We know he knows how to slide finally now. But Joe Burrow is not even that mobile, bro. He's mainly a pocket passer, like you said. You know, we we seen the the crazy move he did against um against what you call it, uh, Chris Jones. We swerved out of that and everything, but that's not a common play for Joe Burrow, like a, a common runner, a common runaround play like that. We usually see him in the pocket. He'll run to the sideline or do a little slide in the middle of the field. But the fact that he's not as mobile as Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson or even Patrick Mahomes to an extent, but he's still doing the things he's doing and getting the ball out as efficiently as he is, bro. It's it's crazy to see. I'm only rooting for the Bengals because of the fact that this is such a surprise. At first I said I was going to root for the Rams because I want OBJ to get a ring, but I damn near got to root for the Bengals now at this point, bro, because y'all are doing the impossible, it seems like. Yeah, and we got to stop treating them like they're underdogs because I think a lot of teams, that's where they mess up. They still treat the Bengals like the underdog team, like they're not supposed to be here. That's why I said last week, we got to stop treating them like that. They are a very good team, bro, that can beat anybody in this league. And they showed you once again how they can really elevate their game like we've seen in the second half and compete with the Patrick Mahomes of the world and beat them in Kansas City, bro. I think it was a four to five point spread on Bavada for the, the Chiefs to take down the Bengals. And I was, was surprised it was honestly that far apart being what we've seen in the regular season. And I will not be surprised once again when they have to go up against an Aaron Donald, bro. And like I said before, he's been sacked multiple times in the game and still won. This team is just scrappy, bro. They persevere through the down times and still end up getting through it. So I will not be surprised in the slightest if they win in this game, bro. That shit crazy. But let's let's backtrack to this game. Let's talk about this Patrick Mahomes versus Joe Burrow matchup. What was your reaction after watching this game? What was your biggest takeaway? Um, I didn't delete any of my first half tweets. I thought the first half, this game is over. The 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 Bengals just they fell asleep in the moment, and maybe they maybe they are just the the underdogs, not the underdog team, but the lesser team that just got lucky to get here. Nah, second half, my mood completely changed. Cause I, I kind of stopped watching the game in like the beginning of the third quarter. A- after halftime, I wasn't even watching the game in the beginning of the third quarter. But once I seen they got back within one score, I'm like, whoa, like what's going on? And then from that moment forward, I was glued to the TV. 
Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, they completely shut down in the second half at home in the playoffs. Something we're not really used to seeing. Call a spade a spade, bro. Mahomes choked, bro. Oh, oh yeah, Mahomes, yeah. He, he choked for choked, sure. Bro. Let's because not was, miss words. Let's not miss words. He choked. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say because we're used to seeing other teams do the exact same thing they did. They, other teams and let the Chiefs come all, come all the way back. This is the entire opposite situation. Mahomes choke was my biggest takeaway from this game. Joe Burrow did the impossible. And yes, the, the Chiefs did the, the Chiefs did what they did at the end of the first half, not kicking a field goal that ended up biting them in the ass, but not having any points from the best quarterback in the league, supposed to be in GOAT conversations. That was definitely that was definitely interesting to see, bro. And I have to say Mahomes choked that game away. And he had so many opportunities to make that to game that. so much more difficult to come back for for the Bengals. Right. And he just and it's what we talked about earlier in the season with Mahomes, where he just relies on his playmaking and his playmakers too much. Because in this game, he was throwing up some bullshit that he usually gets away with. But that shit was getting picked off, or he was getting sacked, or the Bengals wasn't letting him get away with that shit. And that's and I feel like Patrick Mahomes, even though he's as great as he is, he has to come back down a little bit back to earth. The the simple play is still there in a lot of he cases. He has to the play fundamental. The simple plays will win you games. He tries to make the home run too much. We've seen it in overtime. He bombed it to Tyreek Hill in double coverage. It's like for what? It's second down. Why are you bombing it for? It's second down, so and you have the ball first. And we know if they would have got. At least within the 25-yard line, everybody was gonna say they're scoring. But it's Patrick Mahomes, and he's so used for that. He's so used to that play coming through for him for Tyreek Hill or the Kelsey to make that type of plays that he just does the shit. But he has to come down to earth, bro. And too many plays in the second half is where I seen that, bro. He's trying to do too much. He got greedy. Uh one time uh in the in the red zone where they could have went up in the game. It was a tie ball game. I oh no, the Bengals were up by three. This was the end of the game. And they were in the red zone. They could have scored. They were inside the five-yard line. Patrick Mahomes was running around in the pocket, running around in the pocket. He he did that twice on second and third down, and they had to end up kicking a field goal, bro. He just got too greedy. So the shit we usually see with him just didn't work, bro. The Bengals' defense got to give them a lot of credit, but Joe Burrow did his thing on offense, man. He was shredding them in the second half. Because I I think think Tony Romo called it out on the play that you're talking about when they were right there, able to score and take the lead and basically win the game if they would have did that. Uh, Tony Romo pointed out, he's like, you have the end zone wide open in front of you, but you're looking to make that amazing throw when just take the simple run in and just get the touchdown. And he's so capable of doing that. He was gashing the Bengals in the first half with those type of plays. Just running Mm -hmm. out of the pocket. They're obviously going to be worried about Tyreek Hill and Kelsey. Take what they give you. Take what they give you, but he's so used to the home runs. Usually he gets away with it. The Bengals, like I said, once again, got to get him credit because he was not getting away with it this game, bro. And that, that was an amazing game from that defense in the second half, shutting him out. But Mahomes choked that, man. Mahomes choked that. Oh, yeah. We hold, and I think we hold him to a higher standard than we would anybody else. But if you're going to be in GOAT conversations or if you're going to be in conversation to be the most talented player, you have to come through in those situations, bro. Fact. You just have to. So I have to hold him to that high standard. And uh, anything else about the game? Uh, nah, congrats to the to the Bengals, bro. Joe Joe Burrow, Joe Icy, Joe Shiesty, whatever y'all want to call him. We got we're gonna have a lot of fun with this man. We should have knew he 10, was gonna win the game years. when he came in when he was drippy like that with the black sweatshirt oh, yeah. and the, he the had, chain. We should have known he was he gonna win. Nike, anyway. He had the Nike chain with Joe across it. I was like, 
he's too icy right now <laughs> with the with the Burberry coat. I was like, yeah. this man got to win, bro. He's showing up too icy. And they said Joe would be the first, or he would be the third person behind Joe Namath and Joe Montana to win uh to win the Heisman, to win a FBS championship, and to win a Super Bowl in their career. He would be the third mm-hmm. person only, so he can put his name in the history books already man and it's just crazy because nobody expected this at all from the Bengals and that's hey, why that's such a good story he he got the um he got the matchup for all matchups coming up with this Super Bowl Jamar Chase versus Jalen Ramsey gonna be a movie Yo line versus Aaron Donald and Von Miller that's going to be something to see if Joe what are we saying about Joe Burrow bro if he's able to that's oh what I just God. said, bro. If he beats <laughs> the bro, if he beats the Rams, bro, if he beats the Rams with nothing but all pros on their defense with Von Miller, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, and they got good other players, if he beats that team, because you already know that Aaron Donald gonna get at least four, three to four sacks. The 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 offensive line is not good. So if Joe Burrow <laughs> still wins, it's like That's oh, crazy. bro, <laughs> because crazy, imagine bro. because what we're not thinking about with Joe Burrow is. When he gets the offensive line, what is he going to be? He's doing this scary. with no O line. What is he going scary. to be with the O line and even oh. more weapons in the future? And moving on to the NFC, the Rams beat the Niners. And it's funny because I was talking to my mom. I was watching the game with my mom's, and it came, it was at the end of the game, bro. What did I say last week about Jimmy G? He was gonna make the throw <laughs> of his career. I said Jimmy G was gonna make the throw of his career to win the game and send the Niners to the Super Bowl. So it, it, it set up so perfectly for what I said to come true. I was like, Jimmy G gonna win this game. Jimmy G gonna win this game, bro. Bro, even though he looked trash the entire game, I was like, my prediction about to come true. It was twenty to seventeen, bro. And when I tell you this nigga. Bro, when I tell you this nigga Jimmy G folded twice on me, dog, I was like, bro, this nigga shouldn't even be in the league anymore. What I seen, bro, in the fourth quarter, well, that was embarrassing, bro. Being up 17 to 7 and having the Rams come back on you like that, like offensively, they couldn't even move the ball in the fourth quarter. I understand who the Rams have on defense, bro. I truly understand it. But he's missing wide open players, bro. Kittle was open numerous times. Debo Samuel, Ayuk was wide open. And he cannot get his playmakers the ball. He doesn't have to do a lot. Just get your playmakers the ball. And he couldn't exactly. Hit the, he couldn't hit the players, bro. He couldn't hit the players. So that shit hurt me because of my prediction. But Jimmy G looked trash. That was my biggest takeaway. <laughs> <laughs> my my biggest takeaway was Matt Stafford. He redeemed himself for all them years in Detroit. People saying, "Are we just gonna get that Matt Stafford, or are we gonna get a great Matt Stafford?" He finally lived up to the fact that, hey, give me some players. I'm going to show y'all what I can do. He did phenomenal. The The defense did wonders in the second half, obviously. Uh, Jimmy G, Jimmy G is not a starter in the NFL. I like Jimmy G. I call him a game manager all the time. That man is not a starter. He's, he's proving several times over and over he cannot start in this league. And it it's a situation where I wouldn't have said, nah, the game was too close. I wouldn't say try, uh, what you call it, um, What's his name? Uh, Trey Lance. Trey Lance. I, I wouldn't say try Trey Lance in that game, 
because of the situation. Because they were was they like, were talking about it on the broadcast. Who they was like, okay, Jimmy G doing a he, he tripping like this. Should they go to Lance? Yeah, Lance, should they go to Lance? But he gotta, he but he's rarely had any experience at all. So do you want to throw him in the NFL playoff game against one of the best defenses in the league? Exactly. I, I don't think that exactly. wouldn't have been exactly. that wouldn't have been fair. Yes, Jimmy G was disappointing us, and it's like, damn, we gotta just pull anything out the bag at this point just to win the game, but. That wouldn't have been fair to him. So that's why I kind of pulled away from that when I was watching the game because I'm like, nah, we we can't ruin his first NFL experience right there. I mean, playoff experience like that. Credit to the Rams, bro. And uh, nobody can guard Cooper Cup. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) When when I tell you that everybody in the stadium, everybody at home on third down knows where the ball is going, we know it's going to Cooper Cup. This nigga Matt Stafford still finds a way to get the ball to Cooper Cup. Why was he not double teamed at the line? Why are you not doing something special for this man? Because if he's in one-on-one coverage, bro, he's getting it's loose. Over. It does not matter who's guarding him. And it does not make any sense why nobody on the 49ers defense realized that we have to stop this man. We have to stop this man. We know we got OBJ, but this nigga is obviously the more dangerous person on the field, right. bro, because he cannot be guarded at all, bro. So was, that man route was, running is nasty, bro. He cannot be guarded, Crazy. bro. Even when they had two people on him, even when they were bracketing him, even when they were playing zone, he was still finding ways to get the ball. He was still catching touchdowns in zones and brackets. It was just like it's nothing you can do against this man. <laughs> hey, it's you got crazy, bro. You got to you. You remember that picture of Megatron when he literally had two corners playing per- press coverage in his face off the line? <laughs> you got to do that against Cooper Cup, bro. You got to do that against that man. You got to have two players right there. I don't care what receiver is open right now. This man is not going to beat us. And in, in games like that, bro, that's the mindset you have to have. We can lose to anybody else. This player is not going to be the reason. So I'm glad they did. And Cook and was the reason they won. And Cup was the reason that's they won. What I'm the game. saying because he exactly. had what 170 yards, two touchdowns. Right. He was Stafford was throwing to him. OBJ had his touches for sure, but he would when in the, they were in the red zone. It was Cup, 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 Cup. Everybody knew it except the 49ers. Obviously, that shit was <laughs> blowing me. Dog. That shit was blowing me, dog. That shit blew me, man. I knew it was gonna be neck and neck, three point spread on Bavada. Obviously, most people knew it was gonna be a close game. But I honestly felt like the 49ers were the favorite. And Jaquaski Tart had one of the worst drop picks I've ever seen in my life, bro. That play really changed the game. Because if he makes that play, it's an entirely different game. You're up 17 to 10. I think that's a completely different ball game. You don't even worry about Jimmy G. But he didn't make the pick. They The Rams end up going down, scoring a touchdown. It's a whole different ball game. But congratulations to the Rams. I picked them to go to the Super Bowl. I damn sure gave up, so I ain't even going to take no credit for this shit. <laughs> but, hey, I, I understood why they were capable of getting this far. Shout out to Matt Staff for him getting this far. But um, I'm rocking out with the Bengals, man. I, I like you said, the story the Bengals, aspect. Bro. But what I've seen with Joe Burrow, I think he, he can go to a higher height than what Matt Stafford. I think the game will come down to quarterback play, even with the mm-hmm. defense for the Rams. And I think what I've seen with Joe Burrow, if you can get higher than Mahomes, my nigga, like you can definitely get higher than Matt Stafford. So <laughs> I'm gonna go with the better, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with the better quarterback in that situation. It's gonna be a tough ass game. But I think I'm gonna go with the uh, the Rams, not the Rams, but the Bengals. Being better than uh Matt Stafford, of course, I, I feel like that's the obvious one, but the defense is going to play a huge part in this because sure. Matt Stafford, Matt Stafford can play at a, at a, on a one out of 10 scale. Matt Stafford can play at a seven and a half, eight. 
And that defense is going to carry the game for the most part. But Joe Burrow is in a situation where his defense isn't that crazy. So Joe Burrow damn it has to play they at a nine or Mahomes, ten, bro. They they and did, we can't, but we can't, and that's something about that's something that I don't like. I don't like what the media is doing, bro. I don't like that the media is doing that. They're not giving the Bengals enough credit. The Bengals defense yeah. enough credit for what they're doing. Oh yeah, they, they, even, they did, even, but it hasn't though, been consistent all year though. It, it's it's consistent they, now where it needs to be. And that's what that's what it needs to where be needs right to be, now. You know where, yeah. Right now, because we can't say they didn't turn Tanny over three times. They turned Mahomes over a couple times. We can't say it was all Mahomes choking. It was a big yeah. part that he choked for sure. But who forced him to look like that? That Bengals defense. And even in the first time they played the Chiefs, they made Patrick Mahomes do similar things. This entire playoff run, the defense has been a leap so i'm expecting the same type of defensive pressure in uh, uh in a couple of weeks so it's gonna be a tough game on both sides right now on bavada the super bowl spread is four points going toward the rams i wouldn't be surprised if it's a one and a half point spread two point spread on bavada the closer we get obviously the rams had a better offensive line so i would give them the edge in that aspect because i think joe burrow gonna get sacked at least seven eight times <laughs> but I, but i still think joe will persevere somehow man but we're going to dive deeper into it, uh, into the Super Bowl preview next week. we got a lot of shit to go through. Uh, first thing, Tom Brady officially retired from the NFL. Edgar, I see you on the timeline giving a couple of thought pieces. Just dive into it. Man, like I said in the tweet, bro, Brady only had one real chance to choose who he wanted to play for. He was drafted to New England, and the whole time he was at New England for 98 to 99% of the time, they were winning. So it wasn't a situation of, ah, I got a chance to choose with a new contract who I want to go to. It's like, no, you're winning. Just stay with the winning team. But the one time in his career where it's like, I got to choose where I really want to go next because I'm not happy where I am, my dog chose the Bucks. I will forever love Tom Brady for that. He came to the hometown team, and he shouted out St. Pete. In his uh, in his little goodbye statement, over the so Patriots. That nigga show no love to the Patriots, the Patriots bro. <laughs> we gotta give a hand clap to that, bro. My dog <laughs> shouted out the home city for that, but um, just everything he's done for the game of football, bro. Like he's he's revolutionized the game in a way where it's like the even as the the league progresses with quarterback play, you gotta have legs, you gotta be able to run, you gotta be able to make these amazing plays. At 40-something years old, this man is like, no, I'm still going to play the game my way and still win the game my way. So shout out to a 22-year. We're going to see with the way health is more considered and the way um, medicine is advancing and the way the quarterbacks get a lot of breaks now with the rules, we're going to see more players play 18, 19 years and stuff like that. But for somebody of his era where defense ruled everything, run games ruled everything, you persevere through that and this new era – It'll never be another like Tom Brady, bro. So I don't think anybody's resume will match his. At this point, we're just arguing who's going to be the second-best quarterback of all time. So, And that's my biggest thing with Tom Brady, bro. He was the one person that beat Father Tom. He never had a he never had a year where it was a down year, other than the year obviously where he got hurt. This was honestly one of his best years. His last year was one of his best years he ever played. We have never seen anybody in the history of football, basketball, any sport beat Father Time. We're seeing LeBron do it right now, but it's crazy that two goats are doing it and they're beating Father Time the way that they are, bro. This shit is crazy, and that's my biggest takeaway. Definitely shout out to, to Tom Brady. And my dad, I have this argument with my dad all the time. 
because my dad gives Brady credit for the Super Bowls that he won in New England, but he really tries to make it sound like that man had a team every single time he won. That defense didn't lose. That defense or uh, these players that were catching the ball. This I'm like that. Other than Randy Moss, can you really? Other than Randy Moss and Gronk, can you really name a like credible receiver for real? That man made Julian Edelman. He made a uh, Wes Welker for the most part. Because when Wes Walker went to the Broncos, he still started snapping. But that was after a career in New England of playing with the GOAT. But other than those people, can we really look back over the years and be like, yeah, Brady has had some of the best receivers? No. Everybody he's had, Brady has been that player of give me anybody and I'm going to make it work. So that that's why I have that argument with my dad because I don't want to make it sound like Brady is just the reason they were winning everything. But he made receiver, he made names for receivers that we don't even look at anymore. It's a couple receivers I look at like, damn. He did play with the Patriots, or he did have that um that one catch in the game where um Tom Brady threw like fifty yards or something. So Brady is a huge part in how other people play better, just similar to LeBron in the NBA. Yeah, I know we get on LeBron sometimes about how other people's games change because you got to play the way LeBron wants you to play, but he's had several instances where he's in, he's improved other players' thinking and playing. Brady has done the exact same with football. And that's why I say what I say about Aaron Rodgers, bro. We can't give him that excuse of talent, talent, talent. When we've seen people like Brady uplift his teammates, elevate his teammates to Super Bowl after Super Bowl after Super Bowl. With any Super Bowl team, you have to have a good play on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. So we can't use that as an excuse or a, a negative factor in Brady's direction. With any Super Bowl team, you have to have those two parts on your team. So I think Brady did what he was supposed to do, and that's why he has the seven rings he has today. We can't take anything from this man, bro. Like you said, he elevated his teammates, and when he played with talent, he played well with talent in uh, Tampa Bay. So that man, the GOAT, no matter what situation, he honestly was in, bro. So definitely shout out to Brady. And moving on to the next situation, we have the Brian Flores saga that's going down right now. And it is spicy because Brian Flores is now shaking the table. So he just filed a lawsuit against the NFL because he feels like he hasn't been getting the, the proper respect and the proper opportunities available to him for being a black coach in the NFL. Um, he tried to get some interviews with the, the Giants. He tried to get one with Denver. And he said the, the Dolphins, He's yeah, the, I think the Saints, I think he's trying to file lawsuits against those three teams because he doesn't feel like he really got an opportunity for those jobs. I think when he said he went into for the Denver job, they were already sold on some other coach. So they were they showed up late to his uh job interview. They really didn't weren't listening to what he had to say. I think for the Giants, Bill Belichick ended up texting Brian Flores congratulations because he thought he was Brian Dayball when Brian Dayball ended oh, up getting the, the Giants job because he thought he was texting Whoa. Brian Dayball. But he ended up texting Brian Flores. So Brian Flores was like, I didn't even interview for the job yet. What are you saying? And he was like, "Oh, I texted oh. the wrong person." So you didn't even you didn't even fully interview you didn't interview Flores at all before hiring another coach. So he doesn't get a full opportunity at any of these jobs that he's been interviewing for. So he has to file a lawsuit. He doesn't feel like the Rooney Rule is really respectable. It doesn't hold any credence to any of these GMs and owners. So he's putting he's putting his foot down, and I think it's really going to shake some tables in the NFL. The biggest thing that shook the table to me was when he came out and said the Dolphins were trying to pay him to lose games. We all know everybody, everybody in the hood for sure 
we always think games are rigged with a lot of stuff, but now it's getting to the to the more commercialized level of people saying on social media, you know, this game is rigged or this player uh flunked this pass or dropped this pass or didn't run this route on purpose or whatever. They're throwing the game, this, that, and the third. Brian Flores coming out and saying, I believe it was the 2019-2020 season, this man said they tried to pay him $100,000 a game to lose so they could have a better draft pick, I believe, for the 2020-2021 season. When this man came out and said that, I was like, oh, he he's going to have an eye on him. That top 1% of NFL majority white people who have reign over stuff like this, they don't want news like that really getting out, bro. Because they can deal with the speculations. They can deal with the with the theories and, and all that stuff. They can deal with people just saying it. But when somebody in the actual room comes out and says it's true, that's the ultimate table shaker right there. I hope there are players out there, black, white, whatever, that get behind Brian Flores and actually have his back in this. This should be a case that is looked at nationally on TV that is talked about daily because this shouldn't be something that just goes under the table. He brought up a situation that a lot of people think is actually happening, and he he said it, it's true. Like, they're, they're paying people to, to lose games. So if he's denying it, just imagine what teams are accepting it. The Lions, who were in the beginning of the season, we felt sympathetic for the way they were losing games. So what if they were actually accepting money this whole time to lose games in a dramatic fashion? You, you got to think about it, bro. It's a lot of stuff to think about with that. Yeah, man. That, that Brian Flores situation, man, because it's so much racial discrimination in sports, and we already knew it, and we already had a feeling when he got fired from the, the Dolphins because it didn't make sense going 11-5 and five and then 9-8 and eight while you firing this man when you don't have a plan of, of a coach to go to after that. It didn't make right. any sense. I was hearing because he wanted Deshaun Watson. That's why they had to get him out of there. It just didn't make sense of the reasons why he got fired from the Dolphins. And to hear that he's not getting the opportunities that he's want, he's not getting respected in certain interviews. It's like we're not surprised because we know the Rooney rule was bullshit from the beginning. And it, it just doesn't make sense. I think with this lawsuit, people actually have to respect black people and give them an actual opportunity in these interviews, bro. We're not going to hear any more times where somebody else gets hired before I even walk in the door. It's not going to be any more situations like that. This is going to be the time where we look back in 20 years and say, damn. Brian Flores, even though I feel like he could be and probably is risking his career with this lawsuit, because mm. I don't know how many people are going to want to touch him after this. I feel like he's risking it for a good reason. I feel like it's a Kaepernick level reason that he's doing this for, bro, because for future black coaches, this will be major. Because think about Eric Bieniemy, bro, one of the best offensive coordinators in the NFL. He doesn't have a job right now. But all of these new white coaches got a job. The offensive coordinators got a job everywhere you look. But Eric Bieniemy, who was a hot name last year, still a hot name this year, doesn't get any respect. Um, Brian Flores, great coach, good to great coach in Miami. No respect. So it's like we have to start questioning these, bro. And somebody had to put their foot down to say, no, I'm not, stand I'm not standing for this anymore, bro. And I'm, I'm glad that Brian Flores did this. First day of Black History Month, might I add. So this definitely yeah. was perfect timing. And it was, and, and it timing. was bitter. It was bittersweet because we find out, obviously, on the bitter end, the, the current racism that has never ended at all, still flowing throughout an organization like the NFL. But we get the sweet factor of, like you said, with everything that Brian Flores is bringing to light for future coaches. So it's a bittersweet situation, but definitely an interesting way for sure to start Black History Month. Yeah, man.
And moving on, we got the Aaron Rodgers destination. So we've we've talked about it last week of Aaron Rodgers going out in the second round, but now he's a free agent. I don't think he's a free is he a free agent or he could he get traded somewhere? I think that's kind of uh, murky on what he actually is. I think is. he's a free agent. I think he's probably he a, free a free agent. I think they were discussing all the trade stuff just because it was before the season was about to start. But now that the season is over, he's actually a free agent at this point. Okay. So I've been hearing a lot of conversation that he wants to go wherever Devontae Adams goes or vice versa. I'm hearing that they want to go to uh, the Denver. I'm hearing a lot of uh, – I'm hearing the Bucks now that Bucks are in a conversation. Where do you think Aaron Rodgers ends up and where would be your top destinations if you were him? Uh. The Bucs are still in a great situation just because, like you said, the Panthers, they still need a quarterback. The Saints don't have a coach, and their quarterback situation is weird. And the Falcons are the Falcons. The Bucs are literally in the position for any top player, whether you're Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, any top quarterback right now, you can drop on the Bucs. Again, they're an instant playoff possible Super Bowl team. The Bucs are going to be the team that a lot of teams look at. I mean, a lot of players look at like Aaron Rodgers. But Denver is still a great option. But you got to fight the Chiefs twice thing, every the year. Thing with the you got to you gotta fight the Raiders twice every year. So I don't know if he wants to pick a, a situation. Because we're already getting on Aaron Rodgers because it's like, yeah, we know you're going to win the division. We know you're going to get to the NFC Championship. But are you going to get over the hump? If he joins a division where, damn, you might lose in the second round for real in the AFC because you you gonna battle for the for the top spot every season, I don't know if it's gonna be a situation he's gonna want to join. The thing with the Bucks and why I don't think they will get anybody this summer is because I don't think anybody wants to follow up Tom Brady, bro. Mm. Nobody wants to follow up Tom. So I think the Bucks will end up picking up somebody like a Jameis. I don't think they're going to ride out next season with Trask. I think they might try to jam this thing again. But I don't think anybody wants to follow it up because I'm hearing Rodgers, I'm hearing Russell Wilson all be in the conversations for the Bucks. But that's a huge shoe that you have to fill with Tom Brady. I think we've seen it with uh, Cam Newton when he had to follow up Tom Brady where it was just like, man, if you didn't get anywhere close to that production of Tom Brady, it was just like, like niggas was on you, niggas was on you. And we see that Tom Brady had one of the best seasons of his career. So if you're not up to that level, up to snuff, like, nigga, you're getting torn apart. So I don't think anybody wants to come behind that type of legacy. When it comes to San Francisco, I think that's an interesting destination that he will look at because I don't think he will be in the NFL that long. I think Aaron Rodgers gives you two more years and he's out. Since they just drafted Trey Lance, I think they will just continue to sit him and end up signing Aaron Rodgers. You finna trade Jimmy G, Jimmy G out the door anyway. You don't want him. They're going to get Aaron Rodgers, and they will be back up there as contenders. We see that quarterback was their problem this year. Obviously, with Aaron Rodgers, you're getting 10 times better at the quarterback position. I think they get, they're right there, Super Bowl contenders. Instantly. Super Bowl favorites, damn near. But but again, bro, your division that you are going to be fighting for every every game is going to seriously matter, bro. Especially when you in the, when you in that division with the I doubt the Seahawks are going to be trash two seasons in a row. If Russell Wilson doesn't leave, he's not letting that happen twice. You got the Cardinals who are going to win at least a games, and then you got the Rams that you got to play twice every year. You know, going to be in Super Bowl conversation. So, do you want to the the what you call it the um 
the division I was naming that the Broncos were in, you only got two teams for it to look out for. You got three teams you have to look out for in that NFC division. So if Aaron Rodgers does only want to play two, maybe three more seasons, he's going to want to pick a team that's like, hey, I need a team in a trash division that I know I can win, that I know will give me a top playoff. But why would he like, want to play in a trash division? He's already in a trash division. Why would he leave? <laughs> that's my oh, point. Oh, because, because he, got, he got bad blood with the front office. That That's really the only reason he's leaving. He got bad blood with the front office. But this is, this is my point, bro. Because the trash division shit honestly ain't helping them get further in the playoffs. And he getting beat in the second round. He 12 and 4, 13 and 3 every year. Maybe playing them hard teams will get you right for the damn playoffs. Maybe that's what you need to see every week. Maybe you'll be battle tested enough to get further in the playoffs. I think that's what he needs. But when you talk about Cincinnati, I don't think Aaron Rodgers will run away from a challenge. I don't think going up against Mahomes is the best part. I think Stafford is more so he's better than Stafford off the rip. So I think he will go to an NFC contender off the rip. And I will have to say the 49ers are the best team in the NFC after that, over the Rams. Because we see how good their defense is already. We see the the running game. They got good wide receivers. If you get Aaron Rodgers those weapons in San Francisco, bro, we're talking about that team completely differently, bro. We're talking about that team completely differently. I would not be scared of the NFC West, bro. I honestly wouldn't, bro. I would honestly appreciate it if I was I don't him. know, bro. I'm, I'm just saying, I, you got to play all three of these teams twice. Yeah. Every, because what are, what are we saying if he plays all three of these teams twice and his record ain't that good? He barely gets, but he to, gets the to the playoffs. But, but he, does first, he get to the playoffs? Oh, yeah, yeah. But it's a first okay. or second round exit. What are we saying then? It's like, damn, you don't have that great of a record. You get knocked out in the first or second round, and you look shaky in the competition of, of the NFC West? What are we saying about Aaron Rodgers if that happens? I don't think it will, but let's entertain mm-hmm. the thought of if it did. What are people going to say then? Damn, you picked a tough division, and we see that you can't really perform in it? That's saying a lot. But we've seen with the 49ers this year how the defense really didn't come on till late. It can be the same type of situation where they pick – it's a spark in the, in the playoffs where, okay, everything is rolling now. Now – we're moving. Defense is playing elite. All of my playmakers are making plays. It's going to be that type of thing. So I wouldn't even jump to the the fact of, oh, it's just you look at your record. Ah, uh, the record is the indicator that you're having a, a complete wash of a season. I would say wait until the playoffs. If we get to the playoffs, we'll be completely fine. Because if he hits to the playoffs, I think he winning, bro. Aaron Rodgers with the 49ers, bro. Just just input Aaron Rodgers and what you've seen on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> that shit, that game not even close. Totally different. It's a blowout. It's damn near Exactly. Blowout. That game not even close to what we've seen. All them missed throws by Jimmy G. So, man, I'm telling you, if he gets to Denver, Denver would be my number two. But San Francisco, if he can somehow get to San Francisco, bro, and Trey Lance can just sit like a couple more years, I'm telling you, that's the perfect spot for him, bro. That's the perfect spot for him. I, I can see it. I can definitely see. It. He he, a Cali boy anyway, right? He he from Cali too, bro. <laughs> I don't know if Devontae would come with him. I think if he goes to Denver, Devontae can go with him. But I don't if think De- Devontae can go with him into San Francisco. I don't think he can come because Debo Samuel. Yeah, uh, unless people just start saying we'll take less too. money, like like yeah. how the Bucks did. Like the Bucks really are a like. They're a once-in-a-lifetime team where everybody was like, we'll take pay cuts. We want the same team. We want to try and do this again. I don't know if San Francisco is going to be willing to do that with, to get Devontae Adams because you got to give up somebody. 
you got to give up an, an either Nick no, Bosa got to take a pay cut or yeah, or, somebody uh, got to take a pay cut. Yeah, Debo got to take a pay. Debo ain't taking no damn pay cut right now. He hurt. He don't, he he like, don't need we, to take no pay cut, bro. He like we we supposed to be there right now. We supposed to be playing yeah. in February, bro. Like so, Debo but, got that attitude of no, y'all need to give me everything because I'm damn near the reason we got it. exactly. <laughs> he, he needs to get paid everything too. He deserved that shit, bro. But um, and the funny thing is about Devonte Adams, everybody is thinking that he's he's going to leave, but he can easily get franchise tagged by the Green Bay Packers and not leave at all. The thing about Aaron Rodgers, I think, it's some sort of agreement that like he will he won't get franchise tagged, and even if he was to get franchise tagged, that's a lot of money that you're paying to somebody. And he wants more security. You usually don't want to give somebody like Aaron Rodgers a franchise tag. That shit just ain't right. But I won't be surprised if Devontae Adams catches the franchise tag and has to stay in, in Green Bay with Jordan Love while Aaron Rodgers lives his best life somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, anywhere else you feel like you could go? Uh, nah, Bucks. Like like I said, Bucks. Uh, it's not really that many teams. Forty Nine it's, 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 it's about yeah. three. Russell Wilson got the same options, really. Them only yeah. three com- competitive options, I should say. Possibly the Saints if they bring in somebody Damn. good. What's uh? This this is probably a trash team, but I haven't. Not a trash team, but this ain't no team that makes you say wow. What is Kirk Cousins' contract looking like with the Vikings? I think is the is Vikings is the Vikings even a team people are looking at? Or are they are they a team you like? Hey, that's a sleeper team that nobody's talking about. But if you put the right quarterback there with Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, that shit might be something, bro. The Vikings are a team people should look at at least over the next year or two for a big quarterback to possibly want to go there. Won't be surprised. Won't be surprised. Moving on, we got the NBA topics. So I've been seeing a lot from the Suns this past past couple of weeks. Been watching them closely, and they've been streaking, man. I think they're at close to nine, ten games once again. <laughs> they're running through the league. I think at one point earlier in the season, they were on a 18, 17, 18-game 18 win streak. So this team is obviously uh, being helped out by the continuity of having the same team, the same pieces. But do you, say, do you see anything getting in their way with how high they're flying right now? Because when they play the Golden State Warriors, they play them well. I think they've split so far this season. Are the Suns the real finals favorites coming out of the Western Conference? Nah, bro. I still got the Warriors. Um, if we're just talking records, yeah, because Suns are number one seed. They playing, they're playing the best right now. I'm talking right about now. to get to the finals. But... but Oh, favorite to get to the finals or win the final? Oh, to get to the finals is Golden State, bro. This shit still got to – I don't care if Golden State don't got the number one seed. Whether they're away or home, this is going through the Golden State Warriors this year. I don't care who other team – what other team in the West has anything to say about it. Golden State is the team to beat for real. I think the Phoenix Suns even know that. I think they know in the back of their head, they know hey, that. Hey, this this the team for real. We got to be worried about the whole stretch of the way. I don't care that we beating them in the regular season. When it's playoff time, Steph is different. Clay is back. Draymond is a mental. He knows how to get in people's head. He knows how to make the energy change on the team. You got uh, Andrew Wiggins playing phenomenal. This team is the team to worry about right now. The Suns know it, and I think the Warriors know it too. They, They know we're the team to beat right now. But it's crazy because when you see the Suns, they have a lot of players that can match up with the players that you just named of Andrew Wiggins because they got a Mikael Bridges. They got Jay Crowder. They got a lot of defensive stoppers on that team where it's like, yeah, the Warriors will have the edge in my eyes, but it's like that that series is going seven, bro. 
especially with how Devin Booker is playing right now, bro. I think he's being overlooked once again, and I think he should yeah. be in the conversation. A lot of people MVP bringing up Chris Paul again. A lot of exactly. people just bringing up Chris Paul. Like, deep over there, man. They're not even bringing up Chris Paul as much because it's like we've seen this last year. We don't want to give him the credit like we did, but it's like – we can't just dismiss what they're doing right now, bro. They only have nine losses, and we're past the midway mark of the season. Like, this isn't a fluke for the Suns. Like, they're going to get right. to the conference finals once again, bro. So we have to take them seriously once again. And D-Book, I honestly think, should have been in the conversation to be a, a, a starter this year. How he's playing, he's the number one, he's the best player on the number one team in the West. Like, wh what are we doing when we talk about All-Stars here? I think he should have been over Andrew Wiggins. I know we got the the position shit. I don't even want to go through that. Yeah, but I don't, I don't I like think that he, no more, bro. I don't, I don't like don't. the position shit, but so I understand why Wiggins got in there. But he should have been a starter somehow, bro. How he's playing and how this team is playing, you you just can't dismiss. Because so, in my um, when we did the NBA All Star list, the uh, I had Steph starting over him and Ja. So those are the only two players I can see you giving an argument for. If it wasn't for Ja having such a great season and bringing the Grizzlies up the way he is, I probably would have just easily said Book. But Ja and Steph were the first two that came to mind. D-Book was the third. And it was a hard decision choosing between D-Book and Ja. But I think I was just in love with the thought of picking Ja at the moment. That's why I did. So, And this is the reason why, even though I said everything I said about the Suns, this is why I would still roll out with the Warriors is because other than in that in that uh, Western Conference Finals when Chris Paul was going crazy in Houston, we've never really seen him play well against Steph Curry. Like Steph Curry, most of the time, has an edge on Chris Paul. And it's just like, it's nothing that, honestly, anybody in the league can do about Steph. But it's like, Fact. when he goes against Chris Paul, he, he reaches another level, bro. Mm. And when you bring all the shooters back, you got Clay back, it's like, it's an it's an even dangerous game that you're playing with that Golden State Warriors team. That's why I was still giving them the edge, but we cannot sleep on the Suns once again. Because if they get to the finals, I would not be surprised at all if they get back to the finals, bro. I think that series is definitely going to seven, though, bro. Because how we see D Book in the playoffs last year, well, he was going for forty point games, fifty point games against the Bucks. He can do that same thing against oh, yeah. the Warriors yeah, and just sure. take over where a Steph Curry. A killing Chris Paul matchup doesn't even matter when D book is the center of the tension and he is the one taking over the game. So we're not, be but surprised, if you, man. we gotta, we gotta stop sleeping. If on you him. in a sit, bro, if you in a situation though, where you put, let's say you put, obviously it, it wouldn't be too weird, but if you put clay at the two to where he got in D book and you got Andrew Wiggins at the three, just for that, like few possession swap. Yeah. Cause I would, I would put, I would put Andrew Wiggins at the two and then clay at the three, depending on how the matchup is for the Suns, But if you put Clay Thompson on D book and D book is still putting up forties like that, that that's crazy. That's when I look at the Suns like, damn, y'all could do this for real. I'm at the point with uh, with Devin Booker where I don't even see who is in front of him because I know he can give anybody in the league a bucket multiple times. Right. It don't matter if you're throwing him. I've seen him do Kawhi in multiple times in a one game, so it doesn't matter who's guarding him. He's going to get a bucket regardless. It's it's really on how effective the other team is while he's in his takeover mode, man. But the Suns are dangerous once again. They deserve their respect, man. They deserve it. Moving on to the next topic, the Hawks are streaking, man. And they starting to look like the Hawks that we thought they were going to be earlier right. in the season. They're getting healthier now. Bogdanovich is back. Herter is back. Collins is back. Capella is back. Trey Young is doing Trey Young things. But 
we said a couple of weeks ago that we were worried about the Hawks. But now I'm not so worried. And now I'm I'm in a position where I'm kind of scared for a team in the top of the East. Because if you have to see the 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 Atlanta Hawks in the first round, bro. That's, that's gonna be tough. tough. That, that could be tough. that could be a six. That's gonna be that's a six tough. game series for sure. That's and it don't matter who you're talking about. You can talk about the Nets, the Heat, the Bucks, the uh, the Bulls. That's going six seven, bro. And how they're playing right now, how they're playing right now, that can go six to seven with anybody, bro. Because they're the playing only like thing, the Hawks from last year. The only thing in their way was injuries. That was the only thing. And I, I've been seeing a lot of Johns Collins talk in the uh, in trade rumors and whatnot. So I don't know if they're still thinking about that. If they do that, I don't know who they trade with that made me say, whew, okay, at least they got something back for us. So if you're talking about taking John Collins out of this mix, y'all better be getting somebody that's going to elevate y'all to where if y'all do got that seventh or eighth seed, it's going to be an even bigger threat than what y'all are. But the Hawks are coming back in full force. I, I'm pretty sure by what the beginning of March, they they should be back in full force to where they probably was six seed in the East. I was about to say because they're currently tenth in the Eastern Conference right now, so they're just in the play in, but they're coming off a five game winning streak. And I watched mm-hmm. a couple of their games, and I'm just like, they're back to the old Hawks. They're they're Facts. back to the old Hawks. So I think they they easily get out of the play in if they stay in the play in. But I think they uh, get to like the six. But I don't know because the top of the East is so tough. Like. Like yeah, in between, I don't see them one, getting past the six right now. One, right now, one, six, no. one and six is only separated by two games. One and six in the Eastern Conference, so it's like hey, you got to do some work to actually get up there in the in the the top six. But how they're playing right now, I wouldn't be surprised if they do. How Trey Young and everybody's coming together so quickly, bro. And I honestly think the MVP of this team, and people will start to see it in the playoffs because they didn't have him last year. Is DeAndre Hunter, bro? He is the reason why they felt so comfortable getting giving up Cam Reddish. They knew that DeAndre Hunter is a star. He's a star in this league, one of the best 3 players in this league, and we're going to see it in the playoff games where he's clamping. He can be clamping, uh, uh, not clamping, but slowing down to Kevin Durant, clamping to Harden, shutting down Jimmy Butler. Like He's that type of defender, Kawhi-level defender, where I think he will be the MVP where we start to look at him as, oh, he's the reason why the, the Hawks could possibly go deep in the playoffs. Trey Young is always going to do Trey Young things, but he's going to be the most valuable piece that they didn't have a year ago that they will have now. The, so definitely the, the X factor. The X the factor. X factor. Sure. The X factor for sure. And moving forward, let's talk about the Wizards. <laughs> the Wizards. The Wizards started off the season good as hell, man. I think they were like tops in the East <sighs> at one point. I think they were third for a long time, but then it's really been a fall from grace. They're currently just been losing almost every game trash teams i think they're currently 11th in the west or in the eastern conference i think they're below atlanta right now been a complete they are they are 12th they're behind the knicks they are even behind the knicks so playing even worse than i originally thought bro so <laughs> what what is your take on the washington situation because everybody thinks bradley bill should get out of there somehow yes. But do you think do you think it's time to blow it up? What what needs to happen for the the, the Wizards? They should have blew the hell up like three four years ago. I don't even I haven't watched the Wizards game this entire season. Like I honestly haven't. Uh, if if I have, Kuz, I was watching. Uh, let me hold on. Let me before you move on. I gotta shout out Kuz though because Kuz been hooping. So oh, Kuz yeah, has yeah, been Kuz. the bright spot in the season. But everybody else is. Uh, Bill has his moments, and, but even him. And 
it was either me or both of us. We we predicted Kuz to finally get oh, into the light. Sure. He was playing with LeBron, so everybody was saying Kuz was trash. Like, hey, he was playing with LeBron, and he didn't get a chance to get – he didn't know what kind of player he was yet for real because by the time he was starting to figure it out, LeBron came to the Lakers. But now he gets to actually just play – he doesn't really care if he wins or loses right now. The Wizards are trash. He doesn't care. He just, he just wants to get his buckets, and he's doing phenomenal. But back to Bradley Beal and just the Wizards as a whole, yes, blow the team up. I don't know why Bradley Beal is on this. I just got to be loyal to the end shit like um, Damian Lillard. If y'all want to die with that old mentality, okay. <laughs> LeBron gave y'all the blueprint like 12 years ago where, hey, go to whoever you want to go to and just win. Like, because that's all they're going to remember in the end, bro, is how much you win, how much you lost, and what are your records? Those are the three biggest questions that people are going to ask years from now. Not, A, he could have really did something. People are going to look at you like, why did you stay on that team the whole time? Exactly. Wasting your career, especially Bradley Bill, bro. Like, what are you doing over there for some loyalty shit? Them niggas, the league, the league told you how they feel about certain players, bro. Especially when John Wall, who is synonymous with the Washington Wizards, when they get rid of him, it's like, bro, they not the league is not loyal to anybody. So why are you loyal to them? Because they'll right. trade you in a hot second when you're not playing up to your usual standards. So why are you being loyal to an organization that shows you that business is business? It don't make sense. And to me why are you being loyal that. to them and giving your best game on top of that? You're being you're being mentioned in one of the top scoring leaders of the season, like for the like what past three, four seasons in a row? Like you're that you're that high on the scoring list. And it's for a trash team that's not even gonna sniff the playoffs. Like you're playing your <laughs> best game for an organization that does not care. And they and they not even appreciating what you're doing. Yeah, some some Wizards fans probably love you, this, that, the third, but they're not really appreciating the work you're putting in because it's not translating to wins, bro. Niggas is not going to remember that 40-point game you had when you lost. Nigga, they don't give a damn. They want to see wins, bro. Bradley Bill, come to an organization that wants you. The Heat will love you. Exactly. That's all I'm going to say. The Heat will love exactly. you. Any, any team, I don't think the Heat have the most assets, but any team that's a contender should want Bradley Bill, and he should be ready to leave, bro, because the Wizards are a, a dumpster fire, bro. They're for, a dumpster for the fire. Heat, for the Heat, we, we'd have to give – we'd have to almost give up our finals hopes to, to get Bradley Bill. We'd have to be like, okay, we got Bill, and now we just got to rebuild around these people. So. Any, Like I said, bro, any contender should want Bill, bro, but he, he got to get out of there, bro. He got to get out of there. And uh, moving on to the next topic, Andrew Wiggins, all-star starters. So the, the starters were announced last week. Uh, John Morant, Steph Curry, uh, Andrew Wiggins, LeBron James, and Nikola Jokic for the Western Conference. And then for the East, it was Trey Young, DeMar DeRozan, KD, Giannis, and Embiid. But the big surprise was Andrew Wiggins. Even though Andrew Wiggins is having a hell of a season, nobody's seen all-star starter Nobody a week ago. Nobody's seen all-star starter. So how surprised were you when you seen this coming from? I was very surprised. I was like, let me, I was like, let me check the West again. Somebody hurt. Like, <laughs> and because we, bro, we had this conversation when we gave our list or when we were making our list, we're like, Hey, they're just gonna, it's that season where it's like, bro, we really just got to put people in the all-star game. But especially for the Western extent, Conference, especially for bro, the Western Conference. Not to this extent, bro. Not to the point to where Andrew Wiggins is starting. He could definitely be on the All-Star team. He's a big reason why the, the Warriors are playing well this season and winning the games that they are. And he's playing great on top of that. So, yeah, put him in the All-Star game. But to start over D-Book, over who else? Who else do we get? Who in my list? Who else did I put on my list? 
over D Book, over PG 13, over Dame, over people like this who are probably going to be on the reserves. He's starting over them. Idiotic. But that's the thing no, about no, the no reserves. Slight to him, but idiotic. But PG 13 hasn't played in a long time. He's currently hurt. So it's like, is he going to play? And I think it's a it's a it's a it's a year where Kawhi's hurt and where PG's hurt, where those two are usually starters in the Western Conference. And with those two players missing at the forward position, that's why we have somebody like a Wiggins starting in the All-Star game and why the forward position and the front court positions for the reserves could look a little shaky. If we get an Andrew Wiggins start in the All-Star game, we could be in for more surprises come this Thursday when the All-Star reserves are announced, man. So I cannot be surprised. Like you said, I'm not mad that he's a starter because he's he's been doing his thing this season. But the funny thing about Andrew Wiggins, he's getting a lot of credit for shit that he was doing in Minnesota. Like he had, yeah. he's had better seasons before. He's averaged more points before. He it wasn't translating to wins because it was it was Minnesota, but he's hooped before. But the amount of credit that he's been getting this year is really skyrocketing his status. And it shows you that everything isn't about points, bro. It's really like the value of your entire game. In a winning situation, mm -hmm. the shit that you were doing in, in Minnesota was good. But when you put it in a winning situation, that shit just becomes right. so elevated, bro. So when they we're seeing that with Andrew Wiggins, bro. And I think the fans love him over there in, uh, in Golden State. So that's why he's getting put up there. But still surprised. And uh, what do you have for your top five power rankings in the NBA? Top five power rankings. I got... The Suns at one. I got the I got the Warriors at two, Heat at three, the Bulls at four. Uh, and I got the Grizzlies at five. I would have the Suns at one, Warriors two. Man, the Heat been pissing me off recently, man. <laughs> It's Heat a week by week me. basis with you. <laughs> <laughs> I love my squad, but they be pissing me off, bro. We haven't had Kyle, bro. I understand Kyle has been uh he's been out for personal reasons for the last two weeks. And what did I tell you before about Kyle? If there's any person on the Heat team where I felt like he deserved to be an all-star, it was not Hero, it was not Jimmy, it was not Bam, it was Kyle Lowry. And with him gone, bro, you can tell the difference in our team, bro. Jimmy is back to being the player that I hate, bro. He's back to being that player that I want to play like Draymond. When we need that nigga to be getting buckets. I hate Jimmy when he want to facilitate and do all that other shit. <laughs> with Kyle Lowry on the team, he don't got to do that. But when Kyle not there, he be wanting to facilitate, get 10 assists. That's not the nigga I want on my team. <laughs> so that's, that nigga be pissing me off from week to week. But uh, Kyle Lowry been missing. But I would still have the Heat at three. I would have the Sixers at three, bro. The Sixers have been flying under the radar. I think they're top three in the in the east right now and that's with no ben simmons so gotta give a huge shout out to doc rivers for putting that team in the position and the talent on that team seth curry tyrese maxi has been elevating this season they will be three for me miami will be four and the grizzlies will be five that's that would be my top five but once again shout out to the Sixers though i, I see y'all i see what y'all doing um Let's move on to some college basketball, man. We have not talked about it in a long time. We talked about the early season, but we're currently at the mid-season of the college basketball season, and we are a month away from March Madness. We are, we are so close to being there, and I just wanted to talk about some, some mid-season takeaways that you have been seeing earlier this season. I've been watching closely, and it's been a lot of up and down. Some teams look good one week and then lose two weeks the next, or two games the next. Thanks, bro. So how, how have you been feeling? 
Uh, I've seen a lot of SEC play, bro, that's been surprising me, bro. I didn't expect Auburn to be this great. Uh, Kentucky is is doing better than I thought this year. Uh, Gonzaga, of course, uh, not SEC, but they're they're top of the food chain. But I love what the SEC is doing. I'm looking at the, the rankings right now. You got, like I said, you got Auburn, you got Kentucky, Tennessee, and LSU. And uh, what you call it? Um, damn, Alabama all in the top 25, bro. So it's it's like, damn, all these SEC teams coming through. And it's, it's showing in basketball, not just football as well. So I, I'm loving what I'm seeing from Auburn, especially. Like, I did not expect them to be this good. And I think the, getting Jabari Smith was big. Uh, a freshman that is being in the talks for being the number one pick. I didn't expect him to be this good, but, man, he, he's good as hell. And I think that Auburn team, I'm going to make a video about it, is going to the Final Four, bro. And they're obviously the number one team, so a lot of people will think that. But we know how March Madness is. You can get knocked off by any team on any given day. I think this team is honestly foolproof to get to the Final Four. They're that good. I think their backcourt doesn't get enough credit. They got one of the best backcourts with Wendell Green and, um, and Johnson on their team. They got a, a hell of a center and uh, Walker Kessler. This Auburn team has to be getting talked about more than it is because they're the number one. So it's like you would think they're getting talked about, but they're not being talked about as being a great team when they are. Kentucky, another team where I'm probably going to make a video about. They're another team where they are great. This is a great John Calipari team. And yeah. I can't say that. I can't say that about all of the Calipari teams. But this one is going to be great right next to the one where he won in 2012. Well, you have Ty Ty Washington, so Sahir Willer, and they have shooters this year. Every year, I feel like we say the same things about Kentucky. They don't have enough shooters. They, shooters. they have bigs. They have athletes. They have point guards. They don't have enough shooters. They have shooters this year, bro. And I think having Ty Ty Washington, he's the most valuable player on that team, will carry them to a final four run they're going to get close this year bro i think them and auburn is going to be back and forth if they get to a, a final four matchup they're definitely going to right. be the kings of the sec and somebody else who has been really impressing me this year is johnny davis i don't know if you've been watching that much of wisconsin I, but you made a video wisconsin, on him, right i have yes exactly yeah so johnny yeah. so johnny davis man he has impressed me so much because last year I didn't even know who dude was. Like, dude was a role player on Wisconsin. And Wisconsin wasn't even in the picture, bro. But the fact that he's become one of the best players or the best player to meet in college basketball has been one of the best storylines of this season. Now he's in the conversation to be a, a top 10 pick. One of the greatest rises you probably will see from a college basketball player, bro. I think he's a, a the college basketball player of the year at this moment. Did not expect it, but that man has been hooping for Wisconsin, bro. So shout out to, to Johnny Davis, man. That all right, man. And moving on to two wild Wednesday, what you got? Uh, my polls are right here. First one, uh, we kind of talked about it already, but the Buccaneers should start Kyle Trask for their next upcoming season. Too wild or not too wild? Too wild, man. Too wild. Because I don't know. I feel like if you start Kyle Trask. It would scream to the NFL that it is a rebuild, a full-on, not rebuild, but you're not good enough to get far in the playoffs. Like, I don't think you're getting to the playoffs with trash. I, I honestly don't. I, that's why I said somebody like Jameis, with the maturity that I've seen from his game this year, even if you don't get a superstar quarterback like you named, like a Rodgers or a Wilson, I think if you bring Jameis back to this team with new eyes, 
might I say. I think this team, I think this team is going to get to the playoffs. I don't think the Super Bowl is in reach with Jameis, but playoffs, you will still be playoff contenders and still in the conversation if a Jameis is there. I don't think it, that's there with a Kyle Trask. He might show me something in training camp next year, but I, I, I just don't believe at this moment. Because with the situation of this is this is a big reason why I say just go ahead and start Kyle Trask. Todd Bowles and um Byron Leftwich are both being interviewed for several positions. I know we just talked about the Brian Flores position, so who knows what's really going on with their interviews <laughs> right now. Hey, and it's but, funny because let's talk about that real quick. Because yes. are they going to get hired? And I, we probably don't care because they're going to get the job, but are they going to get hired because they feel the pressure of the NFL of, mm. oh, if you don't hire him, oh, it's going to be some backlash. We heard that Leftwich was a finalist. You didn't hire him? Why not? So I think like, I think Jacksonville is one of the leading contenders for a Leftwich. I feel like they might feel forced to hire a Byron Leftwich because of the lawsuit that's impending on the NFL. It's the Jags. You should feel forced to do anything. Fire but I'm just saying... Hell. Hire or don't hire what y'all need to hire people. If you are the Jaguars <laughs> listening right now, don't be the dumbass organization that is <laughs> damn near the worst team in the league. Y'all shouldn't be shooing away anybody black. You should take anybody who has a chance of winning right now. If you're the Jaguars. Factual. I'm just saying like that, that could be something that really pressures teams though, because it's like the NFL might contact certain owners and say, mm-hmm. Hey, we need to make ourselves look better. We'll look better if you were hire a couple more black coaches, Tar Bowles, Byron Leftwich, top black candidates. Hire him. You know what I'm saying? Just hire him so we look better. That's what the NFL and Roger Cadell could be saying to make themselves look better in light of this lawsuit. I'm just telling you what could happen. That's true. So, like I said, it, it's pending right now. We got the whole offseason after the Super Bowl to see what happens. But, um, yeah, I, I feel Kyle Trask will start because you got your, your lead offensive and defensive coordinator – both might not be there next season, or at least one. So it's going to be a big difference in your offensive or defensive play or both. So that's kind of in the air. And then I doubt we're going to keep all these players again for another season, especially now that Brady's gone. So you're going to lose player. I feel like we might not have yeah. Chris Godwin anymore. Yeah. Uh, who else? Uh, I feel like um, Gronk. I don't know what the hell Gronk gonna do. Yeah, I don't Gronk know. Gone. Gronk, Gronk gone. gone. So we we gonna. I'm predicting us to lose Chris Godwin and Gronk. Mike Evans. He gonna be a buck to the end. I'm sure. Uh, but Leonard Fournette came game, there for Brady. Bro, well, Leonard Fournette gone. came for Brady. But I don't. I don't know. We might have a chance with keeping Fournette, but losing all the backup. Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones. I'm pretty sure will stay. If if it seems solid enough to win, they'll stay. But all the backups that we had, like uh. What you call it? Uh, damn, what's his name from um from the Jets? Le'Veon. Fuck. Yeah, Le'Veon Bell. Uh, if we if we lose him and uh, what you call it? Uh, Giovanni Bernard and people like that. It's it's like yeah, okay, whatever. But we're gonna lose a lot of key people on the coaching staff and as actual players. So at that point, why not start trash? It'll be a situation where hey, you got pieces to win. Oh, so you cool with a rebuild then? At, at this, it wouldn't be a full rebuild because it's like we're not losing everybody, but we're losing very key pieces to where, hey, we're not Super Bowl contenders anymore, but we can at least have a decent record every year until we get back to that level. Why not just put Trask in that situation? Give him Mike Evans, Ronald Jones, and possibly Leonard Fournette still, and you still might have Scotty Miller. 
and you still got Bruce Arians as the coach. You have a solid offense with great defensive pieces still. We might lose one or two defensive pieces too, but we're still going to have a top 10 defense in the NFL. Just give that to Trask and let him grow in that. Our expectations should not be that huge. We had the GOAT for two years and won a Super Bowl with one of them. If we don't have the GOAT anymore moving forward, why are our expectations? No, we got to get to the Super Bowl again every other year. Slow down, Bucks fans. I wanted just as bad they, as they y'all. forgot where they came from. <laughs> but, but y'all are forgetting where y'all came from. We 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 have to we have to be grateful for what we got and build to let's build Kyle Traz to hopefully be that next guy, which I think he can. I think he's a very underappreciated uh secondary quarterback right now. And I feel like if we put ourselves in a situation where we trade him or we cut him and he performs well somewhere else, that's going to be a huge kicking the ass to ourselves like honestly i think we'd be losing something if we traded or cut him in any way okay i got one uh with caleb williams going to usc mm-hmm. usc is the college football playoff favorites over alabama over georgia Damn. and over ohio state usc is the favorites to win next year and forget, they don't remember get, now they got Lincoln. They got Lincoln Riley over there now. Two out or not two out. And, and Lincoln Riley, he showed that hey, if anybody can do it against uh, <laughs> Nick, <laughs> damn to me. Uh, damn. Well, Kirby Smart now too. He finally got over the hump. But um, I don't know, bro. USC got to show me, bro. Is it, we talk about Pac-12 football? I know it's Lincoln Riley, but it's Pac-12 football at the end of the day. And and with Cincinnati, Cincinnati. We got to the playoff. We they we got what we wanted. We got it. Uh, we got an unusual person in the playoff. They ass got smashed. So Lincoln Riley is a great coach. They got Caleb Williams, but I need to just see complete dominance this upcoming season for me to be like they they can actually do it. With Cincinnati, it was like they're they're doing it at a high level, but the ultimate test was coming. I need to feel like they can overcome the ultimate test. If Lincoln Riley can show me that in their first season, hey, all power to them. But if I just see, hey, they they doing really well, that's not good enough. I need to look at them and be like, damn, Bama has to be scared right now. If I if I don't think that, it's not happening. I think I think it's not too wild, bro. I think it's not too wild that they end up winning the championship next year because of the recruits that he's currently bringing in are right. so more impactful defensively than what he had in Oklahoma. I think defensively, USC will be way better. So we can't think about Oklahoma defense and it's going to be the same thing at USC. I think it's going to be completely different. I think it's going to be a defense that can actually stop SEC defenses because you got to think about California athletes, bro. California athletes can do the same thing. And a lot of these Alabamas, these Michigans, these Ohio States are picking up these California athletes or they're being wasted in some Pac-12 school. I think USC is going to utilize them and they're going to get beefier on the, the front sides and the trenches. I think we see a different USC team. It's not going to be like Oklahoma. And we see them competing in his first year. And Caleb Williams is going to be a big reason for that because that's, that's a quarterback that you can win with right now, bro. That's a quarterback that you can win with right now. And other than Bryce Young, I don't think there's a quarterback better than him in college football. Other than, yeah, I think Caleb not, Williams not right is now. literally nope. not right now. Not at all. Who was coming to my mind? You know what I'm saying? Nope. It's Georgia. Georgia just won the super the, the, the championship, but Stetson Bennett ain't like dang that guy. You know what I'm saying? So it's definitely yeah. Caleb Williams to me, bro. Um, uh, my next one are the Nets a bust if they don't make it to the finals this year? I I yeah. proposed that question because 
I understand KD dealing with the injury. I understand Kyrie right now is a part-time player in the, in the National Basketball Association. Still doesn't make sense to me. Uh, we, we don't know the current status of what's going to happen yet, of if he's going to become full-time or not. Harden is playing great, but there are still question marks around the Nets. There are currently six in the East right now, if I'm not mistaken. So they're, they're flying under the radar, not being a top seed anymore. KD got some health issues. Are we giving them a pass, bro, if they don't make it to the finals? Or are we just counting this like, hey, y'all done had like two years now. This shit is a bust if y'all don't even get a chip out of this. And it's funny that you bring that up because there was rumors circulating around like Harden. Will he will he leave next year and go to Philadelphia? Because a lot of his representatives want him to play with Embiid. They don't like the situation that's going on with the Nets with uh, KD's injuries and with Kyrie being part time. They Harden is kind of up in the air. So I wouldn't be surprised if this if everything gets blown up after the season. So not too wild. Because I honestly think I to answer your first question, yes, it would be a bust like off the rip because it's a that's a championship or bust team. You put those three players together, you got to win a championship. And I think they were everybody's championship pick. Um, yeah, they uh, was some mine. people had the Lakers. Other than the Lakers, everybody picked the Nets this year because y'all had those three players. So if you guys don't win the championship, hell yeah, it's a bust. And niggas gonna leave too. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Definitely a bust for all the reasons you said. And, uh, yeah, give another one. Uh, if you were the Clippers, who would you trade for? Goran Dragic or Kimba Walker? Right now, both of those players are in discussion for the Clippers because the Clippers are still searching for a point guard right now. And uh, I don't see any other big names out there that scream to me. But if you had to choose between Dragic and Kimba Walker, who would you choose if you were L.A.? The Clippers? You said the Clippers or the Lakers? Clippers. The Clippers. I think the Clippers are doing right by their players. I wouldn't trade for either of them, bro. I think they are doing right by their play. I think they're doing what's good for the team for next year. I think they can be right there in the, the conversations for champions once again if Kawhi and PG get healthy because they're developing their stars. And it's something that we've seen last year with the Warriors where the Warriors were trash, but they were developing their role players that they currently have, the Damian Lees, the uh, – the Damian Lees, the Juan Toscano-Andersons, the Jordan Pools, all of them were developing in that off year. We're seeing the same thing with the Luke Kennards, the Terrence Manns. Reggie Jackson is having another good year. B.J. Boston is showing up in a lot of games. I think the, the Clippers are doing right by their team. They're still like seventh in the West, and Kawhi's missed the whole season, and PG missed the last 25 games. Like, they're doing right. They're doing things right with Tyron Lue. I wouldn't do anything. I like the team. True, true. If I had to choose, I'd probably pick Kimba just because uh, the athleticism I like better than Drogic, and I just feel like he he brings a lot more excitement to that team that Kawhi and PG don't have to have such a big a load. And he could he could run the floor pretty well, but he's mainly a scorer from what we know Kimba to be. So they would, I just feel they like would it, it's him. a perfect situation. If they were to trade for Kimba, I think he would be somebody that's like off the bench for them. I think Dragic is high key. Even though I love Dragic, I think he's done. I honestly think he's cooked, and I've seen it last year in Miami. So I wouldn't actually trade for him. Other than Dallas, I think is to his best destination. Because I think playing with Dallas, Dallas doesn't play that crazy of a defensive system anyways. Yeah. But I think with the Clippers, you if you're not playing defense, you're not playing on the court, bro. They have nothing but wings that play defense. <laughs> so if you're not playing defense, right. they take you off. And, Unless you're a and the like tempo... You know, the tempo ain't that crazy in Dallas either. I feel like Drogic has definitely lost his speed. I feel like the Clippers don't necessarily play a lot of um, fast-paced, fast-break ball, but 
they're definitely a lot faster than the uh, Mavs, who play a lot of slow down half court basketball. So, all right, man. Moving on to social media, wants to know a big question that I've been circulating on the time I've seen circulating on the timeline has been, who would you want or which is better, twenty twenty two John Morant or twenty sixteen John Wall? It was a lot of highlight films coming up mm. recently saying that a lot of people forgetting what John Wall was back in 2016. <laughs> he, was, he was taking the Wizards to Eastern Conference Finals back then. A lot of people forget about that John Wall. And now he's being hurt. We haven't seen him in so long. But now we see John. It's like, damn, we see a lot of similarities between the two. So who would you rather have, John or John Wall? Damn. 2016 John uh... 2022. Let me look up. Let me look up. Let me look up. Uh, John Wall stats in 2016. Damn, I'm picturing so the highlights right now. <laughs> yeah, so in 2016, he averaged 23 points, four rebounds, and 11 assists. Damn, on and top think about of the, John Wall. Of the and, de- and, and defensively, he was averaging like a oh, uh, yeah. I think a steal and a half. He was a dog yeah. on defense, too. Like, you can't act like he was a slouch, bro. So, for John the defensive Wall, standpoint. I would have to choose John Wall because even though John Morant's um, assist probably ain't that crazy, he's probably the same in damn near every other statistical category for offense. But that, bro, John Wall, you're right, bro. Dude was a dog on defense. I'm going to have to pick John Wall just because he was a lot tougher too. Not saying Josh Soft, but John Wall was just – he was – he was a blood. He was a game banger on the on basketball. <laughs> and I think that's why people still he wasn't supposed to be in so heavy, bro. <laughs> he wasn't supposed to be in this life. He wasn't supposed to be in this life. Bro, niggas love, love John Wall for that reason. Ever since they see that nigga throw up blood on live <laughs> TV, it's like, yeah, he that nigga for real. He that nigga for real. My dog did it on the court. I'm like, oh my. I think people are underrate John Wall for how great he was back in 2016 and that, that first part of his career. Damn, that's crazy, bro. Yeah, I, I got to go with John Wall. It's a, it's a definitely tough decision, bro, because you see what Jaw is doing. And a lot of people threw, like, the winning into it, like how Jaw is raising his team to be the third in the, the Western Conference. But John Wall was doing the same thing for the Wizards. But like, the Wizards were going deep in the playoffs, too. I don't even count that in this conversation. Because, bro, in conversations like this, yeah, the how how do you affect your team, the winning and this that it, it plays a part. But when I look at a question like this, I just look at flat out, I'm looking at your game and I'm looking at your game. Who played mm. better? That's really what I'm looking at. If we want to throw all the other stuff in, that's like a, a really different question. We would have to form that question in a different way. But just flat out, who was better? 2022 job, 2016 John Wall. Mm. I'm just looking at hey, give me your highlights, give me your highlights, and I'm gonna answer the question. It's a tough ass question, bro. But but John Wall was a John Wall was a movie in 2016, bro. For real, I can't even lie to you. John has been putting on great performances this year. I'm not taking nothing away from that man. But what I was seeing in that with John Wall in 2016, it it was just something different, bro. It was just something different. And we and I think and and it's funny because they're just so similar. So it's like you can pick one over the other, but you've seen the highlight tape, and it's just like they they're doing a lot of similar things, passing the ball defensively, athletically, a lot of similarities across the board. I think in 2016, John Wall was shooting the ball at like 35% from the three, and I think that's where Jaw is shooting it from the three, too. So across the board, they have similar stats. So it's like 
you're not wrong in any answer you pick, honestly. For real. Yeah, that's a, it's an that's A. A you're either picking the past or the future. That's really all it comes down <laughs> to. <laughs> but who will be the better player? Yeah. Damn. I think it's I think it's Ja. Ja. Ja could turn into a better player. And and that at that point, that's when we have to ask other questions. Who's elevating the team? Who won more? Who actually mm-hmm. made these buckets when it counted? That's when you propose that question. Yeah, for sure. All right, man, let's move on to uh, the Black History Month segment. Like we said earlier in the podcast, we're going to give four of these per podcast. Edgar will give two. I will give two. We got a couple of people listed that we will be giving. Edgar, you can start it off. All right, I got my two people right here. First person I'm going to do, pull the paragraph up. Alexander Miles, from he was born in 1838, lived until 1918. And what Alexander Miles created, he didn't create elevators, but he he designed elevators to program automatically because there, for a long time when elevators were first um, when elevators were first created, they operated manually. You have to have somebody in there to operate it, somebody yeah. in there to close the doors, open the doors. And it says right here, before elevators were operated manu- before him, elevators were operated manually. People had to consi- consciously open and close the doors. Miles realized the constant hazard this posed when riding on an elevator with the shaft door open with his daughter. In 1887, he obtained the patent for his invention, including a flexible belt attached to the elevator cage, allowing the doors to function automatically. He was inducted into the National Inventors Hall of Fame in 2007. Again, Alexander Miles, born in 1838, died in 1918. He is the reason elevators are automatic to this day. Thank you, Alexander Miles. And right, I'll, man, and, uh, you want to get your first person? Yeah, you want me to I'm gonna get my, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get my, I'm gonna get my first. My my first one is Fritz Pollard. So Pollard was the first African American head coach in the NFL. Did not know this until today. He Damn. was, uh, he was, he was five nine, 165. What most considered small for the sport. He attended Brown University and was the school's first black player. After serving in World War One. He joined the Akron Pros of the American Professional Football Association, which later became the NFL. He was one of only two black players in the league. In 1921, while still playing, the team named him its coach. Over the course of his career, he coached four different teams and founded a Chicago football team of all African-American players. He was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 2005. That's Fritz Pollard. Damn, that's crazy. My dad Legend probably know all that too. My dad probably Factual. know all that in the back of his head, bro. <laughs> That's crazy. French probably. Uh, next person. Uh, and it's funny as hell because he was in the war, bro. He, yeah, went, he, was he was in, in the, the war. war and then played football. <laughs> That's wild as hell, bro. Facts, bro. Uh, I always knew a black person was the reason for refrigerators, but I never really, you know, paid attention to actually look up the name or anything. But Frederick McKinley Jones, born in 1893, died in 1961, says Frederick McKinley Jones left his mark with the development of refrigeration equipment, receiving over 40 patents for it. In the 1930s, he began inventing automatic automatic refrigerator air conditioning for trucks, trains, ships, and planes, which helped the preservation of food. His creation, the Thermo King, allowed people to eat fresh food year-round, his work also contributed to the preservation of blood and medicine. 
proving to be particularly useful during World War II. In 1991, he became the first African-American to receive the National Medal of Technology. Frederick McKinley Jones, 1893 to 1961. He is the reason we have refrigerator equipment for a lot of the transportation we have today. Damn, that's dope as hell, man. And my next one is Rebecca Lee Crumpler, born in 1831, passing in uh, 1895. She was the first black female doctor in the United States. After attending the prestigious Massachusetts private school, West Newton English and Classical School, she worked as a nurse for eight years until applying to medical school in 1860 at the New England Female Medical College. Uh, it was reported that she worked as a physician for the Freedmen's Borough. As a physician for the state of Virginia, she later practiced in Boston's predominantly black neighborhood at the time. The Beacon Hill and, uh, and she published a book of medical discourses in two parts in the Beacon Hill. So that is Rebecca Crumpler, born in 1831 passing in 1895 and she was the first black doctor in the united Damn. states and it yeah. was a female at that bro and it was that's the female crazy. oh she was the first black female doctor my fault she's the oh, first okay. black female i'm about doctor. to say damn you were the first and you was a woman <laughs> back then when women they have no rights that's crazy but yeah, first female she, that that's still a powerful honor bro for real yeah she was the first black female doctor man definitely shout out to rebecca uh, lee crumpler bro and that is our Black History Month segment. We are going to be doing this all month. I will post the clips on Instagram and Twitter for anybody who will not see the podcast. We definitely appreciate you. And we just hope that we are growing your knowledge of historians in your community, especially if you're Black. And if you're just any other race as well, just gain knowledge of what was built and created and uh, paved the way for the Black people in this community, bro. So definitely thank you for and uh, thank you to everybody that we mentioned. And we'll also just go back throughout um, the Instagram post that we made last year. It'll probably take a lot of scrolling, but we'll we'll reshare and add stuff to the story if you didn't see any of the people we posted last year. So be sure to check out our Instagram page, Q-A-N-D-E Media, uh, excuse me, Q-A-N-D-E Podcast, and you'll see a lot of the reposts that we have of uh, Frederick Douglass, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, uh, Madam C.J. Walker, all the other people that we posted last year. Yes, sir. All right, moving on to entertainment and current events. We have the Rihanna is pregnant news. <laughs> uh, We're never getting music from this lady. It's never <laughs> happening. It's never happening. Just when we thought we had a chance, this lady pops out pregnant with the um. I, I won't count these as maternity pictures. These were just a hey, I'm pregnant pictures with ASAP Rocky. Uh, they look like they were walking through New York or something like that. But yeah, the cat's out the bag. I don't know how Chris Brown and Drake are feeling, but I know a lot of regular men are sad. So I Drake unfollowed her. her. He did. Drake Whoa. unfollowed her and follow unfollowed ASAP Rocky. Was it was this pre picture or this, was this before? Like right Happy. before. This is after. Damn, he's that hurt. You can't let people see you like that, Drake. You got to do it, bro. You got to do it like three or four weeks after when it dies down. Don't do it the week of. Oh, my God. Somebody, Somebody was looking in Drake's like, followers, bro, and seeing that he wasn't following Rihanna no more. Posted that bitch on Twitter. Damn, that's crazy. Don't be the, bro, we already expect you to do light skin <laughs> shit. Don't actually do it, bro. Oh, my God. Yeah, shit that's crazy. Hilarious. Definitely congratulations to Rihanna, though. I don't think any, a lot of people thought this day was going to come when she actually was pregnant because there's been so much fake news about her being pregnant over the years. So yeah. for her to actually come out and say, 
ah, she's pregnant and the pictures to show it. That's a congratulations to her and ASAP Rocky, man. And congratulations for sure, because I want to say I seen a tweet 10 years ago or so of somebody asked her, where do you expect to be 10, 11 years from now? When she when I tell you, she spoke everything into existence. She said, hopefully within the next 10, 11 years, I'll have my makeup line. I have my clothing line. Hopefully I might be a mother by then. I'll be in such a better space business wise. And literally everything came to fruition, bro. So congratulations, Brianna. Congratulations, ASAP Rocky. You made a lot of men upset this week. So be proud of yourself. <laughs> so, yeah. For real. A lot of grown men cried this week. And, <laughs> um, and honestly, this relationship shows you that there's nothing wrong with spinning the block. Because ASAP Rocky was with Rihanna back in 2013. It's video proof that he was. Yeah. And in 2022, they broke up for a long period of time and got back together, I think, a couple of years ago, maybe a year ago. And now they're living happily together, about to have a kid, bro. There's nothing wrong with falling back with your ex if you think that's the right person. That's another valuable lesson in this. <laughs> <laughs> and, moving, and moving forward, I have the Draymond signs a deal with Turner Sports. So this is one of the first, like, one-of-a-kind deals that Draymond has signed. He will be mm -hmm. a part of the inside the NBA team. Like you see D-Wade, um, Kenny Smith, Charles Barkley, Shaq. He's going to be on those type of shows at the end of the season, throughout the season. Whenever he has time in his busy schedule, he will be a part of the inside NBA team. Like he's an official now. I know you probably seen him on before, but he wasn't official. He was just coming on just so he can like add to his portfolio so he can be like easier for him to get jobs. But this is like official contract, one of a kind type of deal that, Nobody else has ever had while playing. And that's cool because, like you said, he did it while as an active player. I know we've seen him a lot of times like, hey, he's either like the season's over and it's playoff time and he may not be in the playoffs or whatever, or he may be hurt for a while. So he's just doing it while he hurt to get a little extra money or whatever. But no, nah, like he might have a game three nights in a row. And for the next four nights when he don't have a game, he might be on uh, inside the NBA with Shaq and them. So that that's definitely a uh, a, a definitely definitely a huge congratulations for that big applause of uh, i'm pretty sure we'll probably see other um people do it candace parker might do it you know trying to be an active player while doing it so it, it could definitely be um something we see with more players going in the future he's one of the people that i think when when shaq Ch shaq could probably be the while because shaq's still pretty young he could be the next older shaq person loves money <laughs> yeah. If you're paying Shaq money, he's gonna be there. <laughs> but once Kenny, once Kenny and, and Ernie and uh and Chuck decide to, to call it a, a raps and they just give it to Shaq and say, Hey, you're gonna be the lead person. Draymond has been one of the few people that I look at, like, hey, he can be one of the next people on this show that carry the next generation. Candace Parker, too. She has a lot of flavor to the show and she jokes around. Her chemistry with Shaq is great. So Candace Parker, Draymond, and Shaq are definitely going to be three people that continue that legacy. I don't know who the fourth would be right now because um, I don't—I just don't feel anybody else like that. But I look out for those three, y'all. Those are going to be the next three big faces we see. All right, man. Moving forward, we're talking about HBCUs, and Edgar, you brought up an HBCU point about the the bombing threats. Yeah. Yeah. So um, today. First day of Black History Month, first day of February, um, awkwardly enough, uh, there were 13, and this is really sad, uh, nobody died or anything, but there were 13 bomb threats sent out to HBCUs today. 
and it just didn't make any sense at all. There was only one school who officially had it yesterday. Like, that makes it any better, and that was Howard University. They received their bomb threat on January 31st. But uh, the 12 other schools who received bomb threats today and basically had to cancel classes were Coppin State University, uh, Jackson State University, Valley State, Morgan State, uh, Alcorn State, Tougaloo College, Kentucky State University, Fort Valley State, all of these different HBCUs throughout the country just received random bomb threats today. And I think it's kind of been overlooked a little bit on social media. CNN reported about it, but I haven't seen so many people talking on social media. And like I said, nobody was hurt or nobody um, was killed in these situations. But the fact that we just receive racist stuff like that still on the first day of Black History Month, a month where we're supposed to be celebrating our blackness, we have to worry about it being threatened. That, that was just shocking to me, and I felt like we needed to shed a light on that. I'm glad everybody's safe, everybody's cool. Hopefully they can return back to class tomorrow. And honestly, that makes you take it even more serious because now you think people have a plan, like, oh, they're trying to do it on this certain day. Like, oh, so yeah. this shit kind of serious. Like, any other day, it's like, man, yeah, this they probably fucking around, but it's like, damn, they probably trying to make a point. They, they want to be on the news for doing it during Black History Month. You don't know what these crazy folks trying to do, man, so... That shit definitely crazy. But how did they get it all at the same time? Was it like a a, a certain call that every uh, school got? Or like how did everybody get these bomb threats at the same time? I don't even know. The, the article doesn't even explain it. I probably should have watched it on the news today. The article um only only explained how the when the schools got calls. And it was like different times of the day. It wasn't like all within the same hour or anything like that. Because then at that point, it breaks up each school's like reaction in a different paragraph. But uh, they were all throughout, I want to say, the first half. So they were the called by a mysterious caller or they were called by yeah. a government figure? Oh, mysterious Type caller. Of mysterious caller, yeah. Mm. And they can't track that or no shit. They, can... they, they, they probably could, but mm. yeah. That's crazy. Who, who knows yeah, if we'll actually, who knows we'll actually get the people who actually did it. <laughs> for sure, for sure. That shit crazy. And speaking of HBCUs, we have some good news regarding HBCUs that Gatorade is now investing in them. And Shador Sanders just signed a multi-year NIL partnership, which was the first of its kind for any HBCU player. And uh, it's a big deal because now we're starting to get the big money deals. I think, damn, some school just signed a huge deal with, uh, damn, I'm blanking. Was it oh, Morgan I, State? Damn, I think I know who you're talking about, too. I blanked on it, too. I ain't, I ain't they, heard about it in a minute, but I know what you're talking about. They just signed a huge contract. I want to say it was Morgan State signed a huge contract with Gatorade as well. So it's like more Gatorade is starting to invest more in HBCUs now. And I, and I love to see it. We're starting to get uh, appreciated more because usually they were just targeting Power 5 schools, but we're starting to see the expansion now. Maybe it's because we're still in their players, but now we're starting to get some love. <laughs> so I, lo I love to see it for the Gatorade. And uh, me and Denisha were talking about it because she was asking me, like, did I think it was because, um, you know, he's Dion's son or is it because like he actually earned it? I'm like, honestly, I really don't care. It really could be because Dion said, hey, like, give my son that deal. He'll he'll show out with it. I don't care. Like, white people do that all the time. White people can set their kids up for <laughs> exactly. that all the time. So it shouldn't be a situation where it's like, well, his dad got it from him. We don't care. Like, <laughs> he's, he's playing yeah. good. They're winning. And hey, like it, it helps that you're the greatest cornerback of all time, son. Like that, that does help. That does rub a few elbows that 
you might not have been able to rub in different situations. But he has so, a lot of accolades himself. Like he was freshman of exactly. the year in, in the conference. He led them to the championship game. Like we can't act like this dude is no slouch and didn't earn and, his and didn't earn his paycheck. And athletically, right now, in in terms of athletics, Jackson State probably the most popular school to go to right now as far as like playing sports. So Gatorade knew what they were doing by picking the most popular school, picking the most um popular quarterback who just so happens to be the son of the most popular coach in HBCU college football right now. So it, it was just aligned in the stars to happen. I, I'm totally proud of him. I'm glad he got that um, college deal now. We're still in all the, the power five players, but hey, you might as well give us that money on top of it. So, And Dion has been saying that from the beginning that he was going to start setting up everybody, all of his players, this, that, and the third. So I don't want to be surprised that everybody isn't you know what I'm saying, have a partnership with Gatorade, but I don't want to be surprised if everybody at Jackson State right now is getting some money in his pocket. This is what it was, bro. Uh, it was a, it was an HBCU that's it's not going to be an NIL partnership, or it might be an NIL partnership, but they're going to be starting, they're going to start to get paid annually, uh, mm. a monthly income now, instead of just like, oh, one person could have an NIL deal and the other person doesn't. Every person on the football team will now have a, a monthly income of consistent money coming through. So they don't got to worry where their next meal coming from and all of that shit. I have to remember what school it was. Let me look at that real quick. And I, I like that because it could be something, bro, it could be something as small as like $5,000 a month. $5,000 a month for a college student, bro. You eating good. You going out when you want. You can save a little bit. And you could, you know, you got to- It was Grambling you know, State, bro. Food. It was Grambling State. Grambling State to provide athletes NIL deal with annual income. So they're set to break that break ground with that and will provide each athlete with annual income, bro. So they finna be set. That's All cool. the athletes at Grambling. And I won't be surprised if more people do that. More teams. Because like you said, bro, it, it ain't got to be Gatorade for everybody. But shit, you might, you know, Big Pins, for example. Big Pins might want to throw you a $10,000 deal or something. Or you might get a, a $30,000 deal from a... Uh, from Skechers or some shit like I don't care like just take the deal bro just, just take it, bro. <laughs> just it really obviously, matter, bro. obviously read the contract but bro take a deal from Hubba Bubba might want to give somebody a bubblegum deal or something I don't know bro you're, you're gonna see a lot of players get certain deals and it, it's beautiful to see for especially for HBCU players and it's funny bro how many people would have stayed in school and their lives could have been changed if they would have had these type of opportunities, man. I feel like a lot of people don't think about that, man, of how it's, this could have affected somebody's future if these opportunities were presented back in the day. We have them now, thank God, but it's like, damn, the opposite, the shit could have been way different in the past, bro. And um, what you got, what else you got for entertainment? Oh, I don't think I have any else written down. Uh, entertainment, oh. Oh, and oh, Nikki. Uh, I want to talk about this. Yeah, I want to say I wanted to talk about this Chris Brown thing, but I'll bring up Nikki first because her tab right here. Uh, Nikki was on uh, ninety-seven point nine The Box this afternoon, and they were asking her. Uh, it's a Houston hip hop radio show. Uh, they were asking her what she felt about doing a versus, and she was explaining how there's probably one or two females out there that she could see herself doing it with, and I, I didn't like her response in the sense of like as long as it's fun and this and that. Like, nah, we won't like. Coming at your throat, Nikki. If you're gonna do this, if Nikki, if you're gonna do this, yeah, we all wanted a good heart at the end of the day, but we want you to treat it like a competition if you're really gonna do this. Like, don't try to be sweet and all that. Because at the end of the day, it's about celebrating both of y'all music, whoever you go against. But 
we we want the competitive Nikki. We want Roman. That that's who we really want in this situation. But um, mm-hmm. I I was glad to hear that she was interested in doing a versus because we've been talking about names and versus and kind of died down a bit. Like we ain't seen no big verses in a while. Uh, for Valentine's Day they got um Anthony Hamilton versus Music Soul Child. So that'll be a pretty <laughs> yeah. good one. But um, other than that. Like we ain't had no big verses for real in a while, so Nikki niggas' names has been used, bro. Like the top yeah. people not gonna do it, and I think everybody else done went already. So it's like, how many other people are going to actually be a part of verses? That, that's cool. why I was glad when she. That's that's why I was glad when she gave a good answer and said, "Hey, I'm, I'm I might do it." People have come to me about doing it, and I'm I'm thinking about it. So Nikki considering it is news in itself. If she actually says yes, I'm doing it. That's gonna be phenomenal. So I, I was happy. But I don't know who even competes with Nikki, bro. That's the thing. And that's probably why she said that it's going to be fun because it's like nobody's touching my raps. Like Nobody has 20 songs better than me. Like, is it, I really have to do it just for fun because I know I'm going yeah. to win. <laughs> I know I'm going the to only, win. The only person that people really want to see is the person she got beef with, Lil' Kim. So and she watched it, him. It, it wouldn't be fun at that point because it would be like, hey, we're taking it serious because we don't like each other. So, <laughs> but it still would be like the only reason I'll come to the table is because it's fun or because I yeah. have something to prove. But everybody knows Nikki will win like handily over a, a little Kim, little Kim, a legend. But everybody knows that Nikki, Nikki wins, is so. winning. It don't <laughs> matter who she go that. against. She's winning. It, it don't matter who <laughs> she go against. So it's like, yeah, nah, bro. That's why she got to do it for fun because it's nobody who's competing. With her, bro. <laughs> yeah, for real, for real. And uh, you said something about Chris Brown. Yeah, Chris Brown, Um, he's being accused of, uh, I don't think the woman gave her name, but he's being accused of raping this woman, drugging and raping this woman back in 2020 when they were on a yacht uh, by Diddy's uh, Beach House or whatever or something like that on Star Island. So uh, the woman who is a musician as well as a model, dancer, and choreographer alleges that she and Chris Brown chatted about her music because, she, like I said, she's also a musician. Uh, when he gave her a mixed drink that she believed was drugged, and due to her sudden unexplained change in consciousness, uh, she alleged that Brown threw her on the bed where where he then raped her. Uh, she's not even trying to uh, accuse him of it. She's trying to sue him for money, which is the big throwaway to me. Like, okay, you just want the money. You're not really trying to charge him with anything. And I don't like that. And Chris Brown came out and spoke on this because he came out and said, like, this is always cap. Like, every time I'm getting ready to to give out an album or new music something like this always comes up and the big question for me is when are we going to stop not us because we're not doing but when are certain women going to stop trying to get at chris brown he did the thing with rihanna they both got their flat for it people are finally kind of letting it go like when are people just going to stop aggravating this man but the thing is how do we know that it's not happening because i think one illuminating factor to me has been trey songs bro for a long time a lot of people swept the trey songs allegations under the rug and treated them like they were nothing like oh people lying people just trying to get some money out of him but more and more people have continued to come out against trey songs and say no no he raped me and i think the gonzalez twin who be on instagram was the last person to say no, Trey Songs raped me. And Trey Songs ain't been relevant for however many years, but he's still getting alleged of doing the sexual assault and the rape. So it's like, how do we know that these people are not doing this behind closed doors? We don't know their mentalities or anything like that. And I can't say that Chris Brown isn't sexually assaulting these women, raping these women, taking advantage of these women in some kind of way, because we're not in the room. 
So even though we see that it's just a suing type of thing, we can't say that all of the women that have accused Chris Brown are just lying or are not being taken advantage of. Something is going on, but we just don't want to believe the shit. This is weird to this is weird to me because they all keep going after the money. Nobody's trying to really put him in prison. Nobody's really trying to go to court with this man. They're just trying to sue him and get the money. Because you so know who that, will win. That's, that's the thing. You know who will win when you have when they have the money. They're going to win. So now you just come out looking like the person that's just waste their time. So I'm better. I'm better just going at you just for your money because I know that they will be taken advantage of or you will win the court case. And I think that's why a lot of women do not go through with a lot of. Um, rape allegations, trials, and certain things like that. One, because they could be scared, and others because just the time that will be wasted when they do not trust the system. And I think that's another thing that we see in these type of allegations. So I, I don't, I don't, I'm not just throwing it out the window that Chris Brown didn't do this shit. He, he, with all of these allegations that we have seen against him, this nigga is doing something to these women, bro. Same thing with Trey Songs. He is doing something to these women. We just can't sweep the shit under the rug. That's true. That's true. All right, I got to... I got to give um the other side a chance at least to to prove their point. So yeah, Bill Bill Cosby got uh not a documentary, but there's a show about Bill Cosby. I think on HBO Max or Amazon Prime or something where it's multiple people giving their opinion about Bill Cosby over the years and all the signs that we missed that we could have caught on that he's been doing this. So who knows? It may be a certain a similar situation. And that's what and that's what I'm saying because for a long time Trey Songs was a heartthrob. So we just say, oh Trey Songs don't gotta rape nobody for no pussy. He ain't got to sexually assault nobody for some pussy. But we do not know what these people do behind closed doors. Chris Brown the same way. Bill Cosby, he's the one of the richest people. He ain't got to do nothing for no pussy. But these people are sick behind closed doors, bro. So we just can't throw it under the rug is all I'm saying, bro. All right, man, let's move on to past the ox, man. Uh, what you got for song of the week? I've been back on that. Um, what you call it? Uh, Big Shine. Damn. Um, what's the album, bro? Shit. Or Detroit. Losing my mind. D- Detroit too, bro. I've been on that Detroit too again. Heavy, bro. The song with Young Thug. I was listening to it in the gym, bro. Um, uh, respected with Young Thug. That shit was fire, bro. Like the whole album. The more you just sit there and listen to Detroit too as a whole, the songs he got with Tra- I think he got two with Travis Scott on there, uh, Young Thug hit, all the songs he got by himself, bro. Big Sean is just so slept on, bro. I could listen to a lot of his catalog and just hit play and just let it flow. And Detroit too is definitely a huge banger for me. So I've been going back to that album. I have Johnny P is Caddy by Benny the Butcher and J. Cole, bro. J. Cole already has verse of the year. He got that shit wrapped up in the, in the first month, bro. Cause that 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 song is fire, but his verse he he ate, bro. That that was the type of cold that we don't get a lot because it was more so like a grimy cold. If you listen to the Conways, the Benny the Butchers, the Freddie Gibbs, they have a different style of rapping that a lot of these pop stars or a lot of these mainstream rappers just cannot rap on the same level. So for Cole to get on a track with Benny the Butcher and keep up, yeah, not and just just elevate himself on a track. To that caliber, bro, was just great to see, bro. That was one of his best verses in a long time, bro. So shout out to Cole for sure. I saved the yeah. uh I think I said on Twitter. I never actually watched it though. I gotta listen to it. Love that shit. And uh Donda 2 drops on February 22nd. How do you feel about it? Uh I'm ready because future is um executive producing this and Joe Budden. Yeah, Joe Budden came out and said, I hope this is the most toxic shit of all time. <laughs> because this is this is like perfect time. And this is after 
you uh get get done with Kim K. You're dating a new person now. Um, it's right before Valentine's Day. You got future of all people executive producing it. So who better to talk to when you get out of a relationship? This is going to be one <laughs> of the most toxic projects we've ever heard. That's what Joe Budden said. I don't think it'll be that huge, but we're definitely gonna get some uh entertaining lyrics, I should say. I can barely get through Donda one. So I can't really say how excited I am for Donda 2. But I would ask, why is he dropping so soon? Is he trying to... Kanye is one of the biggest music producers, music artists ever. Why does he mm-hmm. feel the need to drop so soon after he just dropped? Not too long ago, he dropped Donda 1. Why is he dropping so soon already? Is he trying to captivate off the the, the hype of the first one? Or does he feel like this Donda 2 can really sit on his own? I think I think a lot of people thought he was just going to do a Donda Deluxe, but knowing Kanye, he wants to be so different from anybody, everybody else. He probably just labeling this Donda too. And it's probably, it's not a bunch of throwaway songs, but I think it's going to be a lot of songs. Like you do a Deluxe album, it's probably a lot of songs that you look at. Damn, that's not on the original, but when we drop the next like Deluxe, we'll put it on there. I, excuse me, I think he's just doing that with Donda too. And He's just building more hype, making it sound like a whole second album when really it's probably just songs that didn't make the cut for the first Donda. Yeah, I can't really speak on Donda one, but a lot of people are excited for it. So I can't be surprised if it's another hit. Um, And let's move on to movie and show reviews. I honestly wanted to talk about some news first because I know me and you both watched this show. Yes. Yeah. Woke season two. It's coming yes. out in September now. If you guys do not know, Woke is on Hulu, uh, starring my man. What's my man's name, bro? I always I forget his name, but yeah, I think it's Lamar Morris. Yeah, L- Lamorne Morris. Lamorne Morris. Lamorne Morris. <laughs> but yeah, if you guys didn't watch Woke season one, definitely watch season one. Edgar had put me on uh, a year or two hey. ago, and that, that's a good show. It, it hits on a lot of interesting topics, a lot of black white topics that. I feel, right. I feel like needed to be talked about, man. So I definitely fuck with uh, Woke Season bro, 2 that's coming out in September. Gunther, my favorite character, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that boy was trying to sell cocaine at the show. <laughs> bro, I might rewatch that shit, bro, because it's been so long. Because I think the pandemic kind of pushed this shit back. The pandemic pushed everything back. But I feel like they were going to have like a, a immediate Season 2, but everything had to get pushed back for the pandemic because I think this dropped in 20... 19, I think. This dropped in 2020. It was during the pandemic. It dropped in 2020. So, yeah, the pandemic probably messed with that shit, too. I want to say this about J.B. Smooth. J.B. Smooth's character in a lot of stuff doesn't always pull me to stuff. There's certain characters I'm like, he going to be funny in this. And then there's other characters I'm like, "Eh, your comedy ain't really pulling me like that. This character, him as the marker or his woke side, I should say, for Lamar, Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like it's, it's definitely a huge role for him. And it's funny how a lot of times, like, your animated role could be as big as your real-life role sometimes. Shout out to uh, J.B. Smooth. I love his character as the woke marker. Yeah. And uh, another show that's been popping recently has been Abbott Elementary with Kenta Brunson. Uh, A lot of people have been blowing this show up. I've been watching it the whole time. It's a good show. They take a lot of things from the office, but it's a whole different type of vibe that they do. It's a lot of black characters. I fuck with it. I know y'all seeing some some clips with Tyler James Williams from uh, Everybody Hates Chris, uh, Kenta Brunson. I forgot what the what the old lady is from, uh, the the older teacher. 
but it's a lot of, of people that you've seen in things before but i fuck with the show and it's been rising because i think they said that their first episode ratings were like terrible but mm. they're on now on episode five or episode six and they're higher than anything that abc has coming out they said they're like an m35 is like some of the highest growth that they've ever seen on the channel it's on it's on tv right it's just coming on tv currently it's on hulu i think it's on hulu and abc it's on hulu oh my mom told me about this my mom definitely told me about this show because when i heard when i heard them comparing it to the office saying like this could be the next office i was like whoa like that's a big comparison bro like that the office is one of the funniest shows if not the funniest tv sitcom so all time when it comes to shows of that nature um so I, I definitely have to check it out for sure because that that's high expectations. That's the thing, and I don't think, and I think that's the wrong expectation to give people when going into the show. They take things from the office, like the way they format the show, the the eye when you look at the camera directly. They the take, camera and shit. yeah, they take certain shit like that from the office, but it's not the dry. It's not the type of humor that the office is, bro. Like these niggas are around kids, my nigga. It's not like adults around adults. Like they're yeah. teaching. Like so, it's not. I don't want people to have that expectation of, oh, I'm supposed to be dying laughing through every episode or every part of this. It's like it's not that type of show. Like they're teaching kids, mm -hmm. and you're going through the person's life of like teaching and how she's going through it in this in this certain elementary school and the, looking at the other people's perspective, certain shit like that. But it, you should have office expectations, is what I'm saying. True. True. And something else that I've seen recently has been Percy Jackson is coming back recently. If you guys watched the early 2010 movies, I think it was Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief and Percy mm -hmm. Jackson and Sea of Monsters. They Trash. are currently... Yeah. Sea of... <laughs> I said that shit to myself. I could not remember bro, what two trash. was. I could not remember what happened to two. It was terrible, I bro. I, I don't remember. It, I, Lightning Thief? Fire. Sea of Monsters, trash, fell asleep watching it, don't remember. Because that was when his dad, he ended up meeting his dad or something? No, that was the first he was one. looking for it? Whoa. When did he meet Medusa? No Which one was Medusa? The first one. You don't oh, remember the second one. I'll tell you right <laughs> now, you don't remember the second one. Everything no, no, you're naming was in the first one. No, which one did he go to the um he was in Vegas, bro, and he was doing the, the roulette? The first one. That was the, the first one. Everything <laughs> you're naming is the first movie. What the fuck? <laughs> That's crazy. I don't remember what happened. The second time. one was trash, and you don't remember it. It's okay. Just <laughs> just That's crazy just as hell. Say. But Percy Jackson is coming back with some sort of because it was Percy Jackson, like I said, Lightning Thieves, Sea of Monsters. Now it's Percy Jackson and the Olympians. And it looks like they're going to do a series on it instead of a movie. And honestly, that could be better than a movie style because they had to pack so much in to two hours and 30 minutes. So elongating it, making it episodes will make the series better. So how do you feel? Uh, I hope it's better than the second one. As long as they can revamp <laughs> themselves from that, bro. That's all that matters. Because I had high expectations for the second movie. Because the first one was so fire. And I it read was. like half of the first book. on when Because that came out, what, our seventh grade year? I want to say sixth or seventh grade year. So we went to like, I went to like a book fair or something. And I got the actual Lightning Thief book. And I read half of it and then watched the movie Fire. So second one, huge disappointment. Hopefully the Olympians, we see a lot more demigods, you know, like maybe we'll see Hercules or maybe we'll see the son of um, uh, Ares again. And this one who was Luke, not not Ares, but um, uh, Hermes or something like that. So it'll be cool. I think it'll be um, pretty fire. I can't believe I can't remember that shit, bro. 
The second one. Every, everything you named that happened <laughs> was in the first movie. It was, it was that fire that all that shit happened in the first movie. <laughs> that first one was fire. And I was going to come on here and say it was underrated, but I thought I remembered the second one, but I really don't remember the second one. But Lightning Trash. Thief was definitely fire, bro. <laughs> Lightning Thief was definitely fire. So I, I'm, I'm actually excited for this because I've been hearing that they want to do more Greek shows on Netflix or more Greek mm-hmm. movies, like Greek mythologies type of shows. So I'm glad that we could be seeing more now. And I think they've even dropped one on Netflix recently. Uh, I forgot what it's called, but something regarding Greek mythology. And I, mm. I just like that, that type of history and past, man. It's always so interesting to dive into it. And uh, let's dive into movie and show reviews that are upcoming for us. Uh, yeah, we got to do The Heart of Day Fall. Um, we both have watched that now, so we got to do that um, pretty soon. Uh, we just did uh, Power Book 2 Season 2 uh episode nine review so that'll be dropping soon i gotta watch red notice quincy has already watched it and look out for power book four with tommy we're doing that soon snowfall season five definitely watch us uh do reviews for episodes for that uh marvel finna start taking off with dr strange later in the year we got moon knight coming in of uh, march 30th march 4th actually is batman so that'll be probably the next movie we do for real so we got a lot coming for the upcoming spring and summer y'all so just keep um tuning in a lot of your favorite shows we'll probably check out a few netflix movies and shows so we, we got a lot coming for y'all <laughs> yeah because netflix Let's- has been dropping a lot of reviewable shit recently bro that we can definitely be reviewing. Uh, I just told Edgar about the one show I had watched uh, this weekend, The Woman Across the Street in the Window, whatever. Yeah, it was window, a long-ass title. Yeah, it, it was It was too long of a title for whatever the show was, but it was it was a solid show. Interesting ending that I really want to dive into. I don't want to spoil it, but <laughs> but uh, but yeah, definitely going to do some things like that. Um, It was another one. Like 80, it said, it, had, it was like something 81 on Netflix. Mm. Damn. What was the show? I on? still, I still gotta watch Blood and Water. I think that's the name of the show. I think about it was, the, it's like one of the more sisters. popular shows on uh, on Netflix. And then after I say this, we can get out of here. Uh, Final Fridge. Yeah, I still gotta watch Blood and Water. Uh, just Archive Eighty One. That. That's the show I'm talking about. Archive Eighty One. I heard that show was. I heard. I heard, I heard a show good. called Archive. I didn't know Eighty One was in it though. Yeah, Archive. That should look good too. And yeah, uh, I want to check out. Um, I want to check out what you call it, uh, Blood and Water. They they just had season two in um, 2021. It says, after crossing paths at a party, a Cape Town teen sets out to prove whether a private school swimming star is her sister who was abducted at birth. The show started in May of 2020, and episode season two started in uh, 2021. So I'm going to get caught up on that. It's only like six episodes, I think. Yes, sir. All right, bro. You can handle with the social media. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at QE Podcast One, Instagram at Q A N D E Podcast, Facebook and YouTube at Q and Sign E Podcast, and our Gmail is Q A N D E Podcast at gmail.com. Yes, and you can subscribe to our Q and E Media page that is Q A N D E Media.com. Our Twitter is Q E Media, our Instagram is Q A N D E Media, and uh, subscribe to our Spotify, iHeartRadio. Uh, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. We appreciate you guys for listening and we out. Peace.